Ian. Ian. All right, so I have this idea. Okay. For a spot. Okay. Okay. So it's it's two people in a ring. Okay. And they're fighting each other. Okay. Uh, yeah. And they're and they're fighting and they're punching each other in the head sure. repeatedly. And they roll outside of the ring. Okay. And they keep punching each other. Okay. In the head. I'm following. Like hockey fight style. Picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. And they make their way over to the entrance ramp. Uh-huh. Okay. And they're still fighting. And then they keep going. Uh-huh. And they head to towards the locker room area. Sure. I'm going to call it a brawl to the... We're back with another episode of What Are We Ian Doing Here? That's right, a podcast where myself and Meg... Hello. Uh, I'm Connor. Uh, we talk about early 2000s IWA Mid-South... And only that exclusively. A podcast so niche, we may be the only two people listening to it. You're absolutely correct. Connor, how are you now? You know, not so bad. Had a, had, a, had a good night at the old Wrestle Factory this evening, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about our uh, our main event this evening. As am I. You know, it's going to be back to the typical uh, show format. Like mm-hmm. these shows during this time, format is subject to change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd really like to thank our Patreon uh, subscribers for mm-hmm. going along with us on that deep dive mm-hmm. through Corporal Robinson's tenure in IWA Mid-South. Four episodes we got out of yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it when you brought it up originally, but it, just what an amazing run. That he, well, okay, amazing is a strong word. It, it's... Of all the wrestlers that have been through those halls of illusion, he is one of them. He, God bless Corporal Robinson. Wherever is he dead yet? No, but his bones are. Oh, good. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a Mary Poppins bag yeah, level. Yeah. Good pull. lord. Yeah. The dead bones pull. Dead bones. Um. So, Meg, the show that we're talking about tonight. Yes. Normally, we like to begin these shows with the Ian Rotten promo. Correct. Right? You know, following format. As you should. But this show didn't have an opening Ian Rotten promo. I am led to believe. Now, this has been very long. Uh, spoiler alert, I was at this show. Mm-hmm. You will see me later in the show. Um, I am certain that for this format, for IWTV, they cut it. Really? Because there's no way on God's green earth. Because I know at one point, Ian Rotten says, and I quote, there's a lot of shit going on this weekend, which we'll reference. Mm-hmm. We're going to get you guys out of here on time. Okay. So there's at least a promo at the beginning of the show that Smart Mark cut out because they're smart. Oh. So there was assuredly one in there, but it was cut for time and clarity. You know what? I don't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, let's just freestyle this Ian Rotten promo. Sure. Because uh, we're still going to do it. Yeah. And then the editors can cut this part out later to just be true to form. Leave every minute of it in. <laughs> this is all gold, guys. What are you doing? Every minute. Um, so, Meg, uh, ha- any uh, any wrestling business to talk about? Oh, Lordy. We did just get back from a show. That is true. Uh, we watched the illustrious team of Team Overkill, Christian Rose uh, and Matt Cage, take on friend of the show, Berna. <laughs> And friend of potato salad, Tyler Priegel. And you know what? It was really cool to see. Uh, they, like, shoot made me cry at the end of it. They did. Cage. I, I sat there and watched him weep into his hoodie. Yeah, it was it was embarrassing, to say the least. Uh, I like to pretend that I am at least in control of my emotions. Uh, and 
Oh boy, did Cage get me on that promo that he cut. Look, man, you've got to cry at wrestling at least once. Yeah. Honestly, that was the first time I've ever cried at wrestling. Then I am a giant weenie. Yeah. Well, I'm just a a bitter soul. That's fair. Yeah. You old man, you. Yeah. It's, you know, it just happens. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Zao Alive. Doing the dang thing. I think the show is called Money. Was it? I think so. It's been all Pink Floyd references this season. That sounds about right. Yeah. Which, like, that's why I tried to design the poster to be all rainbowy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's layers. There's psychology to this. There really are. Uh There's things that, as a casual viewer of the Wrestling Flyer, I just wasn't going to notice. You know what? Unless you're completely in tune and up to date on your Northwest Illinois independent wrestling scene, you're just going to miss these things. You know what? To be fair, I'm not. I am... (laughs) God bless... God bless Tom. Oh. Because he's like, hey, I'm going to go do the thing. I'm like, sounds great. How was your wrestle contest? (laughs) I don't keep up on it as much as I used to. Oh, who could? Because I used to be deep into the wrestling. I was at almost every IWA show that ran out of the illustrious Highland Building and then the illustrious Midlow Dome. And now I'm like, have fun at Rocket, guys. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, last night, went to Chicago-style wrestling. With friend of the show, Berna. Um, we finally met in person. The one, the only, superstar Steve Boz. My God. Yeah. I've never met the man. I've only heard really? stories. I've only heard impressions. But I have never stood in the same room and basked in the glory. That is. Of Steve Boz. It, he is incredible. Genuinely, like, decent dude. Sure. Uh... I can understand where a lot of the flack comes from for him. Sure. But he was nice to us. Did you let him know where Quiche was? <laughs> I did not, know. I don't know that reference, but... Well, we'll, we'll catch you up to speed. Yes. Um, he did steal Berna's workout bands. Amazing. Um, uh, yeah. Basically, Berna's workout bands were just sitting out backstage. Boz and Boz's wife just started using them, and then Boz was like, no, brother, those have been in my bag for three months. Fantastic. In- just incredible. Not disappointed nor surprised. Nope. It was great. God bless Steve Boz. I love it. Yes. Um, so, for this uh, little bit of an undercard, mm-hmm. do you have anything that you've been watching recently? Um, outside of this show, not really. Mm. Um, well, this show is, is an this eternity. Three day- it took me two days Two days, mind you, to finish one match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, guys, if you've never been to, and you wouldn't have, maybe some of you listening have, if you've never been to a early 2000s IWA show, they are, on average, five and a half hours long. Yeah. You are leaving on Sunday morning yeah. for this show. Yeah. It is... A marathon. Like, get you some snacks, carbo load before you get there, mm-hmm. you're going to be sitting, the building's going to be either too cold or too hot, and it will run forever. <laughs> the saving grace of the Highland building, though, was it was five and a half minutes from a White Castle. That is important. So on your way home, yep. you could go get fries and chicken sandwiches at 2.30 in the morning yeah. and be happy. Yeah. Make it home at 7 a.m. as the sun is coming up and... Yeah. Correct. Uh, outside of that, it's been raw because I love RK Bro. Mm. Um, 
AEW because I like the product. And then, of course, as always, early 2000s WCW. Which, uh, shout out to the, the boys at uh, Review Review for Why To Kill Me. I've been enjoying it greatly. Slogging through <laughs> yeah. an arduous year. Uh, I haven't been watching along as much, but just listening to it, I... The fact that Sid was their MVP for the mm-hmm. month of January 2000 said everything I needed to know. You know what's depressing is that there are no limos on IWA Mid-South. This show, the Were next there? show, there are limos. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. Fan and family rolled up to the Highland Building in a flimmin... Flimmin. There you go. A fucking limo. Yeah. Suit jackets, ties, Eddie Kingston, and gear in a tie. It, Amazing. Chef's kiss. Amazing. It's so good. Um, I have been watching a bunch of old TNA stuff. Okay. Because it's just my jam, yo. <coughs> Understood. Uh, and also Pluto TV sure. is just fantastic. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Pluto TV. I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on the show yet. We may not have. Yeah. Um, they have a... TNA Impact channel shows a bunch of old TNA stuff. It's awesome. I highly recommend you go check it out. And it is the price of free. Yeah. That's the free ninety nine. You're going to see the same thing replayed over a six-week period, but damn it, it's free. And on the topic of talking about TNA, I have noticed something disturbing. I sent you a snap of this earlier. Okay. Something disturbing about commentary at TNA. Don West. Sure. Bless his heart. I love Don West as a commentator. Sure. His liberal usage of the word creamed is just unwell. I am uncomfortable. Yeah. He, I forgot what match I was watching, but someone hit someone else in the head with a chair. Sure. And he's like, oh, he creamed him with that chair. He just absolutely creamed him. And this is a, a, a frequent occurrence. It's unsettling. And you know what the unfortunate thing about it is? Is that Mike Tanay is going to have to be the straight guy that's like, sure did cream him with that chair. Mm-hmm. Thanks, DW. And he's going to mispronounce it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, bless Mike Tanay, but he has sometimes the strangest pronunciations of words. What is it about the dudes on commentary who are, like, the super smart guys, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. not being able to pronounce things correctly? I think they're trying too hard to get it right. Is that what it is? I think so. Because Joey Styles' pronunciation of Hurricane Rana, where he, like, overemphasizes all of it... Sure. ...is just infinitely frustrating to me. It's like he's trying to sound it out phonetically. Yeah. Yeah. And also somehow do it with, like, a Spanish accent. It's not It's not good. It's not well. And I, I'm... So sad I'm drawing a blank, because there's something in WCW where Mike Tanay and Tony Schiavone fucked it up every single time. Oh, that could be a litany of things. Oh, it's it's someone's, it's specifically someone's name, and I cannot remember for the life of me, and it's going to bother me. But I'll remember <laughs> it, and we'll bring it up in the next episode. Yeah, so. absolutely. I'll make um, that note. So, can we, can we, can we ring these bells now, please? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm thirsty. It. Nice. Boom. Complete editor's note. Uh, Meg did open her beer before the show began. I just, I have to get that out there. Look. It's the professional thing to do. I meant really well. And you know what? Fine. 
fine. You know what? It's like the NWO guys drinking in the parking lot of the Highland Building. They're getting it started before the show starts. So uh-huh. take that. Yeah. I, and also, it's like the first time in like, how many episodes? Like 60-something episodes? Yeah. That, yeah. Like, we'll cut you some slack. I will say, I'm the one in 69 and one. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. 69, wherever we're at. So, Meg, what show are we doing here today? We are doing the seasonally relevant We're No Joke, which took place on April 1st, 2006, out of the illustrious Midlow Dome. The Midlow Dome! In Midlothian, Illinois, capping off a double shot on that Saturday. IWA was in the afternoon. Ring of Honor was on Saturday. Ring of Honor had also been on Friday that weekend, and Mania was in Chicago on Sunday. So if Mm -hmm. you wanted to see wrestling, boy howdy, was there an ass load of it. Good God. So much. Just, like, if you wanted to wipe out the entire wrestling scene, you could have just dropped a bomb on Chicago that weekend. Oh, yeah. And independent wrestling would have ceased to exist. It was ludicrous. Like, to just compare. So this show is pretty stacked T2B. We'll get into it. Um... Let me pull up, because I had to save them, because I was like, this is just an enormous amount of wrestling. So, on on Saturday, the after this show, Brian Danielson and Lance Storm wrestle. The, uh, the night before, there is a Dragon Gate, Dragon Gate six-man that's apparently amazing. And then... Um, Come on, phone, do the thing. Is it Danielson? Yeah, Danielson and Roddy go 5605. Oh my god. Yeah. So if you wanted to see wrestling, you were going to see some fucking wrestling. And it was going to take a million hours. Yeah. Uh, I definitely went to the uh, Ring of Honor show the night before mm-hmm. and the night of this. So oh, by the wow. end of it, I was just exhausted. So you were like... At this point, when this show began, mm-hmm. you were already like eight hours of wrestling deep for the weekend. Yeah, there had been a lot. So we're in the crowd. So real quick, before we even talk about this show, we need to talk about this crowd. Uh-huh. Because everybody and their brother that we know, including my brother, is in this crowd. I'm there. My brother's there. Tom is there. Our friend Koi is there. Bucky and Cole and Tyler in the front row. Um, Tom's friend. Oh, shit. He told me the name yesterday. I'm going to forget. Donnie Pepper Cricket is there. What? Matt Seidel is just watching in the back. There's other people that you recognize from Illinois area fandom. Or Shotgun Yan's there, but who gives a shit? Like, everybody. This is probably Ian's biggest show to date at that time. Uh, well, they mentioned on commentary later on in the show that the official number was over 400. Holy shit. In the Midlow Dome. <laughs> Which, again, they could be lying about that. No. But it seemed full in it there. Is, it is full. It is standing room only. There and it's are, hot, I it, bet. It, I remember it being warm because at some point during the show, I change into a low-key t-shirt. Oh, boo. Well, I'll hold, I will tell Reserve you my thoughts. your judgment, because we are going to be so on the same notebook page, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. I was dumb, okay? I well, How old was I going into this? 19? No, 21. Let's see. Okay, so in 2006, this is April 1st, 06, mm-hmm. I would be... Seven? Six? 
Seven? Seven. No, I would have been seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah. I, I was, was seven years old. I was 20 going into the show. Fun. And I am like, this is peak Meg indie wrestling fandom time. Mm-hmm. I have been going to Ian shows for over a calendar year at this yeah. point. I've been going to Fed shows since 01. I've been to Ring of Honor. So I'm just like, hook all of this wrestling to my veins. Let's do it. Um, Was Momske there? Momske is not there. <gasps> no. She sent me and Brian on our lonesomes to Midlow. Wow. Um, hell of a show that she missed out on. She had been to so many others. I forget what was going on. It was probably tax season. She's an accountant. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Well, yeah, it's, it's tax season. Yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> Sorry, friends. Yeah, so uh, opening up the show... Yes. ...is Team Underground versus Deranged and Brain Damage, a.k.a. a vulgar display of power. Yes. I'm going to ask you this throughout this episode, sure. because th- this episode in particular... <laughs> I want to know all of the backstories on everyone, because I've never heard of Team Underground or Deranged and Brain Damage before. So, I like all of them as separate humans. So, I like Brain Damage and Deranged just fine. Uh, They, at this point, had been in for six years. I didn't realize Brain Damage had been around that long. Wow. Uh, I also had to look up who he belonged to. He's a Toby Klein guy. So that makes a lot of sense. I also like Toby Klein. Um, Okay. I like McClure and Priest separately. Okay. Chandler McClure has no personality, and these four in the ring have no chemistry whatsoever. Holy shit, no, they do not. I do not remember where the... um, Team Underground thing came from. I want to say it's NWA Underground, IWA Underground. I cannot remember. It's been so long. Mm-hmm. And why they teamed up. Chandler McClure used to be a ref. Eric Priest used to come out to Sex on Wheels. And now he's trying to be like, they're super serious. And like, yeah. this is the point where he started getting a little like top heavy. So. So is Chandler McClure the really jacked one? Chandler McClure is the Napoleon Dynamite looking kid. He kind of looks like John Heater in the face. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, Chandler I only Mc- know them as the in shape one and then the exceptionally jacked one. The exceptionally jacked one is Eric Priest. Got it. So. Yeah. The other dude does definitely look like Napoleon Dynamite in the yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah. Give me some weird tots. <laughs> this match, like, it it was weird because I didn't know anybody here sure. and they were not working well together no it, it it did not set the tone very well for this show it doesn't so brain damage and deranged for those of you who don't know are two big dudes deranged is a very is a heavier set big bald guy and brain damaged was a tall mm-hmm. um, spiky haired tattooed guy and they were a hardcore tag team mm-hmm and they worked well together, but they were brawlers. Yeah. And Eric Priest and Chandler McClure very much wanted to be, like, that in-between, like, brawler and wrestler. Yeah. And this match just does not jive. And I don't know if it's just a, a complete disconnect in styles. Because you can't... None of them are green. Not a blessed one of them. Yeah. And... Everything 
from top to bottom in this match is just not quite right. It's a little yeah. too long. The finish gets fucked up. Holy shit. I have some notes about that. And then Priest is just mad at the end. It's yeah. Just, it, it's a weird opener to the show because I know there's backstory to it. I cannot remember leading into it why the, these two are... Or these these two teams, teams are feuding. Yeah. Um, but it just does not get you fired up for the show. But the crowd is super into it. Yeah. It is... It's so sloppy. Yeah. And I have a note in here, too. I think Brain Damage throws, like, a butterfly suplex or some shit. And I just have a note that says, like, I hate it when brawler dudes, like, throw good moves. Sure. Because it just looks, like, it makes anything look fake. Sure. If all you've been doing is punching a guy in the head, and then all of a sudden you're doing, like, technical shit... Yeah. It just does... Uh, there was some stuff in there that I was like, this is not great. I, I think you can get away with it if you are a brawler dude who's throwing in some technical shit if you pepper it in all the time. If you don't yeah. pepper it in all the time... Like, if you told me that you went to a show and all of a sudden Necro Butcher did the most intricate, beautiful chain wrestling you've ever seen... Yeah. I would be like, you're putting me on. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Oh, yeah. So, I am fine if you throw a butterfly suplex if you're in the case of uh, yeah. brain damage. Whose real name was Marvin, by the way. Oh, good for Marvin. Yeah. Um, If you did a butterfly suplex into a plane of glass, yeah. okay, then fine. Yeah. Sure. But just to just to do it, it would yeah. be like, like, Stan Hansen's never going to pull out a Rubik's Cube. Like, no. you know? Yeah. It's so, it's so bizarre and just such a clash of styles. Yeah, and, like, that was the the lead-up to, like, the finish of this just got so very painful so quick. Yeah. And then, and then the finish happens. I don't know if Chandler doesn't go fast enough or Eric Priest goes too early because they have to have brain damage up for it. Yeah. Okay. So brain damage is still a big dude. You're looking at probably, like, an over six-foot yeah. dude. Yeah. But Eric Priest is on all of the gas right all now. All of it. But just Eric Priest goes down for the pile driver, and Chandler McClure jumps off the rope about three seconds after. Holy shit! It is just a straight up pile driver. Yeah, which is fine because yeah. they were gonna do like the assisted pile driver. But yeah, it just doesn't happen, and then they kind of have to play it off, and then just not happy Eric Priest, and I'm like. Uh... This, yeah. This this is just clunky and not that great. Yeah. Also, something that I can never get over with IWA Mid South mm-hmm. is the no entrance music when they win. The, it it is an off putting thing that like you wouldn't notice unless someone points it out to you, but after the matches, no music. You know what? Now that I think about it, I can picture it because sometimes it's weirdly dead silent. Yeah. And then there's just the... You can hear commentary. Yeah. But when they aren't talking, like, it's so quiet you can hear the wrestlers, like, breathing. Yeah. And it's just... It, once I noticed it, I was like, this is just so off-putting. Yeah. And I I love SmartMark. SmartMark is one of my favorite mm-hmm. content companies. They do amazing work. But man, oh man, and bless your robles... Robles is right here on everybody. So you hear everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it is it just a little uncomfortable. Especially after that match when the crowd doesn't 
really know what's going on. That one, and then later on, uh-huh. it happens again. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. So, this match, not the greatest. It's the opener, guys. Yeah. Not the greatest, but the crowd is just so happy to be there that they're like, yay, we yeah. love wrestling. At this point, still, they're clapping for everything. Sure. That, spoiler alert, that doesn't quite last. Oh, it takes a turn. <laughs> but they're still up for this. But it sticks around for this next match. It does. Which I was so excited about because it's Daisy Hayes. Love and her. I, I fucking love Daisy Hayes she's so a, goddamn she's much. She's precious. You could literally put her in your pocket. She's yeah. so tiny. She's awesome. Uh, and Vanessa Craven, who I've never heard of. Sure. Uh, versus Mischief. Fuck yeah. Yup. And Mickey Knuckles. Uh, yep. Longtime listeners of the show will know Mickey Knuckles. Yep. Yeah, uh, fun fact, that is her shoot name. That's, when you told me that, blew my fucking brain out. It is my, I was like, you have to be kidding me. She's like, no, you want to see my ID? And I was like, no. Holy shit. (laughs) Um, so this is a tag team elimination match. Which, they don't mention that it's elimination. They do. Do they? Yeah, so you apparently are in the same boat as I am, where we just negated listening to that. Oh, I don't recall hearing it one bit. I am certain they have to mention it because commentary sure as shit knows it's elimination. Goddamn. I, uh, But they're also wrestling to combine belts where one of them doesn't have the belt. <sighs> I love it. Oh, love it. Just, just the title lineage of stuff around here. Oh, yeah. Insane. I could not ask for more. Um, however, right off the bat, I find our good, close personal friends, Tyler Priegel, Coach Havens, and mm-hmm. Bucky Collins, because Bucky has the most, what I'm going to call, adorkable oh, little yeah. bowl cut. A little bowl cut. Yeah. And he's so happy to be there. He God is. damn it, Bucky, you're my favorite. You're uh, not listening to this. God damn it, Bucky, you're my favorite. Cole, you're my favorite, too. Yeah. Haven's also still, like, if you get him fired up enough about wrestling, uh-huh. we'll still have those same reactions to uh-huh. things, I noticed. And it's just so cute. I love it. It is. I I, I love when wrestling is fun. Because yeah. when wrestling is fun, and later it gets so fun in this show, <laughs> it... Yeah. My little heart could explode. Um, but to watch our friends who are in the business watching this as fans yeah. having fun, my little heart. I told Priegel that I saw him on the show earlier mm-hmm. today, and he genuinely, for once in what I'm going to call a great while, actually dove into like some wrestling talk. Shocking. Which is, yeah, hard to get happens. out of him. Yeah. Even at wrestling shows, it doesn't yeah. happen. So, it was pretty cool to see how special that was. Yes. Um, also, I was going to say, I think I found you... Okay. Were you in the orange sweatshirt? Nope. No. Damn it! Okay. Nope. I have more notes about... You, you will see me later. I will okay. point out exactly where I am grossly on camera. Amazing. Um, So, okay. So we're back to Vanessa Craven, Daisy Hayes, Mischief, and Mickey. Uh, Vanessa Craven is two years in at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could tell. Yeah! She was in the first Mae Young Classic. That came up on her her, I'm gonna, I'm gonna her what? IMDb. How many what? She went out first round in the May 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 Young. She still classic. works. Not anymore. She okay. retired in 2020. Holy shit! Did she ever get better? I assume she did. Okay, well, 
Good. She's greener than goose shit here. Yeah. But she's in the ring with a bunch of capable people, and at one point, she is, she tags Mickey. Oh, yeah, she does. And Mickey tags her right back. Uh Uh-huh. And then they beat, she, this chop she throws on her. Uh Uh-huh. Is so loud. Yeah. And looks so, if you told me it fucking knocked the wind out of Mickey, I'd believe you. Yeah. Uh, I just have a note a couple of lines in uh, that says, I like the big woman. <laughs> because she is, shoot, at least 6'5". I or, think she's 6'. Even. Okay, well, then everyone else in there is short. Because Mi- she looks humongous. Daisy is probably not above 5'3". Oh, I, yeah. Mischief is probably my height. I'm 5'7", and mm-hmm. Mickey's like 5'4". Yeah. So yeah, she is a JVC Tower of Power. Yeah. Amongst these other girls. Um, I also just fucking love Mischief. I, I've I've undergone some some character development on Mischief. Sure. Originally, I did not like her okay. at all. The screaming... Her performance in the 04 TPI, I just sure. have to say. All the screaming and stuff. Not sure. for me. However, I think she really learned how to turn it around and use it. And yes. I enjoy it very much. I like Mischief. I think that she was ahead of her time. A hundred percent. Um... Daisy, I think, was perfectly placed. Mm-hmm. I still... I have very mixed feelings on Mickey Knuckles. Yep. And what the absolute fuck does a walking episode of Cops mean? I am glad you brought that up, because I like that nickname. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's awful. Oh, it's terrible, and I love it. Fanon gives an excellent explanation yeah. that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But I still fucking hate it. Also, growing up watching cops all the time. Sure. It total. I immediately I was like, no, that makes sense because it's a bunch of like white trash people just getting their asses kicked all, all the time. All of her move names are something white trash. And okay, I wanted to bring that up as well because what in the fuck is a redneck hangover? How is it different from a regular hangover? I assume you fall asleep in your yard. Okay, but how does that relate to the Glimmering Warlock, which is an infinitely better name for that move? I don't know. I don't name this shit. Well, you should. Um, I, yeah, I it, I like Mickey Knuckles, but I understand the hatred. I. It's not even hatred. I guess it's it's it's, it's a palpable indifference. Yes. She is a nice girl. I do not want to watch her wrestle. Also, can we talk about the era that... It's going to come up later in the show, too. This is the era of shoot headbutts. Yeah! It was awful. There was, uh, like, what, a two-year span where we were just throwing shoot headbutts all the time. There, I would ask... Like, if you watch this show back, just with, like, a counter for how many shoot headbutts, I would estimate you get to pertinent near 100... Sure. Because in a match coming up later, there's... Several. Yeah. In succession. Yeah. On the floor. Yeah. It's awful. But, no, yeah, like, all the shoot headbutts and shit, and people just beating the ever-loving piss out of each other. It, it was the hotness. This was about the time where strong style was, like, the thing. Yeah. So we were headbutting the shit out of each other. We were kicking people in the fucking in the eye sockets. Oh, it was so bad. And just, like, live rounds on punches... <laughs> All yeah. the time. Um, and then I have a note that just says, This is elimination? 
Uh, I have that too. Um, how does how does mine phrase it? Oops! Didn't realize this was a tag. Oops! Elimination. Because <laughs> we hit mischief, mischief the human Gumby of the world. Uh huh. And Mickey, no Daisy. Yeah, Daisy, they double pin each double other out. Pin and one, two, three, and the crowd's like ah, and then they're like mischief and Daisy Hayes have been eliminated, and then it's. Huh? And then we go into Vanessa Craven and Mickey Knuckles shoot headbutting each other. Yeah. Chopping the shit out of each other and just like. <laughs> uh, Vene- I, it, if you told me that Vanessa Craven does not do a single move in this match, oh, I would believe does. you. Like, I can't think of one. Yeah. The most I think she does is I think she throws a back elbow at one point. Sure. But other than that, she just walks around and hits things. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Like, I... This chop she gives Mickey. So, for the visual, they have shoot headbutt each other down to the mat. Mickey comes up on a knee. Vanessa Craven's on her knee. Mickey forearms her, and Vanessa Craven overhand chops her. And Mickey's wearing a low-cut black uh-huh. tank top. She catches her in every bit of exposed skin, and it's... <clears throat> it, I ain't ever, to borrow a phrase. Wrestling is not that important to me to borrow somebody else. Mickey looks like she has been shot, and then it happens again. Yeah. Uh, goddamn do they beat the shit out of each other. But, that is how Mickey was taught to work. Because she was trained by Hero and Ian Rotten. Yeah, so they beat the piss out of her. Um, oh fuck, what show was I just watching? Where it's Ian, it's a Ted Petty. And it's Ian versus Mickey. Oh, three? Possibly, yeah. Do I have that one on tape? It might be one of the ones I have on tape. Yeah, it is. It is uncomfortable. Not, yeah, uncomfortable. Because he's like Kawada kicking her in the uh-huh. face, and not guys, like not gently. It, no, no one's gonna Kawada kick anybody gently in the face. He has a handful of her hair, and it's just to her forehead. It's it's awful. So this all happens. There's a missed miscue. Mischief just doesn't get there in time. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how does the mist determine the levels of how bad it affects you? Because Vanessa Craven is quickly blinded, and then she is fine. Yeah. But Nydia gets misted, goes blind, and comes back with knockers. Is it like the color... I think it's a blood type thing um, where the different mists affect you differently. So, like, if you're, like, uh, I think Nydia's probably a, a B positive. That makes sense. Yeah, and you just, you get misted and you come back with knockers. I think that's how that works. So, if, if Vanessa Craven's, like, oh, it's not, it's universal, so it's just kind of, like, past. Yeah, it just kind of, like, happens. You know what? That makes sense. Yeah. I think that's the, the science on it. I'm not going to question the yeah. science. It works. No. It's fine. No, it it's, we put it in the science machine and that's the result. Yeah, I like it. So, okay. Um, also, just like uh, about the booking of this match, not to just do this to death, <laughs> but Vanessa, Cra- uh, I get that they're probably trying to give Vanessa Craven a spot to see what she's made of. Sure. Like, you know, that makes sense. She's an attraction for sure. But sure. Why not just have it come down to Mickey and Daisy if it's for unifying your fucking belts? Because Canada? She came in the Canada car load. Is she from Canada? Yes. So she really? rode, yes. So she rode down, assuming with Steen and Generico, who were friends at this time. Yeah, they hadn't had their death feud yet. Yeah. Um. 
So I assume she came with that car. So you're going to get your most out of her. I believe she only comes back one more time based on her Wikipedia. Yeah. And then she's off doing mostly Canada. Well, but she's doing Ring of Honor at this time, too. Is she? Yeah, I'm almost certain she's doing Ring of Honor. I don't remember seeing her in Ring of Honor. Oh, really? Or maybe she's doing, like, Stardom or something like that. Or Glimmer. Shimmer? That's what I mean. Yeah. Yes, because she does do a couple things in Shimmer from what I remember. Because her Wikipedia says she's from Illinois. They announced her from Canada. Do they? Yes. Where was I? Daisy's from Illinois. Who was I talking about? What did you say? I was talking about Daisy Hayes. But what did I say? I think you were talking about Vanessa Craven. Is she Canadian? You said Daisy. You said Vanessa Craven. Well, I meant Daisy Hayes. Daisy Hayes is from Illinois. Yeah. She's in the same area as Matt Seidel and Delirious. Okay. They were always a carload. Okay. She is from Illinois. She. Now. Pronouns, now, pal. Yeah, there we go. We got this. Hey, guys, we're professionals. But what did you say? Daisy. <laughs> no, but what did I say? Daisy Hayes got is it. definitely doing Shimmer. And IWA. Yeah. And Ring of Honor, because I believe she might be in the embassy at this point. Yeah, okay. That's what I was getting to, and I was like, yes. are you gaslighting me about Daisy Hayes not being in the embassy? No, I'm thinking we're talking about your six-foot Amazon. The big woman. <laughs> I also have written here, the big woman is not very good. No. And like also, I said, if the big woman wins, I'm upset. Two years in, so let's give her some, yeah, no, absolutely. some grace here. And again, if I could be, you know... <coughs> serious for a minute? If I could be serious for a minute. If I was like 6'7", sure. uh, I would also be terrible. Because I would have no reason to get good. Because I could just be Kevin Ash. Would you also have the gear that has the hood with the devil horns on it? Because I fucking loved it. Yeah, oh, absolutely I would. No, her gear is awesome. It's great. Yeah. Good for her. Girl gear is either really good or really shitty. There's no in-between. No, absolutely zero in-between. Not an in-between. No. Um, So good on Vanessa Craven. Yes. Hope she's well. Uh, Also, there is shrieking at the end of this match, and there is shrieking that continues through this show. Her name is Lynn. She did this all the time. I'm going to guess you have opinions on Lynn. She was a nice lady. So is my neighbor. But you never want to sit in front of her. Yeah. 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 Uh, I have another fan comment, but it's not till later. Uh, Lynn has one of my favorite moments. So I I went to a thousand of these shows, if you couldn't tell. Yeah. And Lynn comes up to me one time. So let me paint you a picture. The Highland Building is a rec center, and there's basketball court. There's basketball hoops, and there's bleachers, and it's carpeted because that makes all the fucking sense in the world. Hmm. So in the back corner, behind commentary, and off to the side, there are bleachers where green kids would go and in the back there are these two trainees and one of them has very long dark hair very pronounced features and the other one's just kind of long dark hair and they're both standing back there and they've got their jugs of water and they come with Danny Daniels <gasps> and they are back in that corner all the time <laughs> and one day Lynn comes up to me and she's like Mac I need to introduce you to my Iowa boys and I'm like okay oh no and sitting next to her a dark-haired gentleman with pronounced features, and the other side is dark-haired child. And she goes, this is Nick, and this is Colby, and they're my Iowa boys, and they're going to be a big deal someday. And one of them is... She was half right. One out of two ain't bad. Hey, that's for true. Which one was the one with pronounced features? Uh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Okay. 
Just just so everyone out there in Radioland understands. Yes. Seth Rollins used to stand at the back of the Highland Building drinking a massive jug of water, coming with his trainer, Daniel P. Daniels. And then he debuted for Ian at... I want to say the Valparaiso Armory. Okay. And he wrestled Danny. Yeah. And it was good. Yeah, I can imagine. It was good. Um, Those two came from Danny Daniels. Amazing. Bless. Uh, I don't know if I've told this story on the pod yet. I'm a Danny Daniels guy. Okay. I, I am. Okay. Uh, I showed up to AAW one time with Hartenbauer, and Danny was like, I've seen your stuff, kid. And I went, Really? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I watched your documentary. So Danny Daniels confirmed Connor Hopkins fan. And then he let me job to Hartenbauer on hey. AA Double Live. So big Danny Daniels guy. So I used to go to, like I said, a thousand Chicago shows. And one of the first indie shows I went to in Chicago, Danny Daniels was on it. And then the next one, Danny Daniels was on it. Uh-huh. Then another indie show, Danny Daniels was on it. Oh, he'll do that. And then I got to Ian's shows, and Danny Daniels is there. And I was like, if I see this motherfucker... One more time. Now, did he come out to turn me on Mr. Deadman at each of these? You want it. You need it to make him it. Yeah. 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 You know it. Fucking rock star. God damn it. You're goddamn right he did. Oh, he's a caricature of what wrestling is. However, he's seen my stuff, so I'm a Danny Daniels guy. I I can tolerate him. He's never been anything but nice to me, but I don't want to see him work in any capacity. Oh, God, no. No. Now for something completely different. But circling back to Seth Rollins and Mark Brown, we have this fucking insane... Nine! 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 Nine way that had been a seven way, and then they added two more people to it, because why fucking wouldn't you? But this cast of characters that is in this match, guys... Uh... Can I just list off my first note for this? Yep. My God. Yep. That's That was my reaction when I saw the, the plate come up that said, Nine-Way TLC. Guys, if you seek out nothing else from this show, you have to watch this because you could not cram more shit into a match. Oh, my God. The amount of people that are in this that are now signed to different companies. Uh-huh. The... Deaths, certain people die. Uh huh. And uh, Darren Corbin's in it, and Darren Corbin is one of the finest people uh, in the world. I I recently had the pleasure of meeting Darren Corbin. Mm-hmm. Wonderful human being. He is. He's a delight. He's also just incredible in this. Oh, he's fantastic in this. Holy shit! Uh, so we we start out. Start out with them Iowa boys. Mark Brown in his shitty gloves and Tyler Black looking the youngest he'll ever look yeah. in a puffy vest and he almost kills Raspy Voice Guy slam dancing. Incredible. And commentary gives Raspy Voice Guy shit for it. Yep. Uh, fucking Mark Brown doing his best Tyler Black impersonation. Just the gloves. Why the gloves? I don't know. What? It, who? Because I guarantee. Who is it, this for? It's different. Okay. It's something different. Also, the tights they are wearing are the most dangerous measurements. Holy shit! Yeah, they They're are. They're so little. Yeah. It's the, unnecessary. There's not much fabric there. No. 
So we've got the two young Iowa boys out first. The rules to this match, by the by, are we have nine people. It is it is for a title shot for the heavyweight title held currently at this time by one Eric Cannon. Which I didn't realize Cannon was still with the company at this time. Yeah. Because I figured once he broke his collarbone, he was done. No. Okay. No, because there was still a glimmering warlock of hope there. So... Nine, 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 nice. nine times? Nine, nine times. times. Nine people are in this match. There is a contract suspended above the ring for an IWA heavyweight title championship. In order to get this, you have to get the ladder. But in order to get the ladder, all nine individuals... Nine times. Nine times. Have had to have entered the ring in, before you can get the ladder to ascend to gl- get the clipboard. So we go through... Nine people worth of spots and getting their shit in. This is get my shit in the match, the movie. So we have got in this match in no particular order: Mark Brown, Tyler Black, Chuck Taylor, mm-hmm. Ricochet, yep, Darren Corbin, yep, Billy Rock, yep, Dave Christ, Jake Christ, and Trick Davis. Eight. No, let's say six. Of the spottiest motherfuckers in the world, all of them getting <laughs> everything ever in here. And then also Chuck Taylor and Darren Corbin are there. Yes. And Billy Rock. I like Billy Rock. I, God bless Billy Rock for his performance in this match, because honestly, I'm not that far into the business, but he did exactly what I would have done. Billy Rock did the smartest thing ever. He got eliminated before Darren Corbin got in there, so he didn't have to do any of the other bullshit in the rest of this match. Yeah. This this match starts off just fast and furious. I don't even need notes for this shit because yep. I know this opening sequence because I made Berna watch it yesterday. So, really quick before we get into this opening sequence, there's a very good joke, and I think it's from Jim Fannin on this. They talk about the man who drew number one, Mark Brown, and Jim Fannin goes, it took him four years to draw number one, but he finally got it. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? The commentary team fucking sucks for the rest of this show. Yep. We got one. Yep. You got your one. I miss Dave Prezak so much. However, he would have been miserable calling this. I am shocked they didn't have more people cycle through. No kidding. That's un- incredibly unlike Mid-South to not have a cast of characters in they, here. They were notorious for a revolving table of people. Yeah. Matt Seidel's just hanging out in the back, guys. Yeah. Have him talk about flippy bullshit. I mean, at the very least, Kingston is there. He always right. did commentary. Punk's not there. I get that. Sure. Nate Webb is not there. I get that. Which sucks. Yeah. I can't believe they couldn't get Nate Webb for this. Right. N- he might have been busy. Yeah, but I, I don't know your thoughts on Trick Davis, but fuck Trick Davis. Put Nate Webb in there. Sure. Um, I get why Trick Davis is in there, because ultimately yeah. it goes to serve the Heroes endless yeah. hero and Trick Davis feud. Um, Speaking of Trick Davis. Okay, number one. Those ropes... My God. Uh, uh, They're there. Twizzlers have yeah. more stability than some of these ropes. Oh, and I, yeah. And I, and I get it. We need to do all of our flippy dippity shit. But this opening sequence. So, okay. So, the black and the brown draw numbers one and two. Yes. Uh, and they proceed. <clears throat> Mind you. Okay, this, so this is a nine-way TLC match. Correct. Tables, ladders, chairs. Correct. Only way to win. Putting someone through a table. Getting the contract to ultimately win on everyone. Or pinning someone. So, so, it's it's not even a win because it's elimination, guys. Yeah. It so 
if you if you are pinned or submitted, you're eliminated. And if you go through a table, you're eliminated. So hold on to that thought about going through a table because it's going to play off later in the best way. In the best timeline. It's so good. So Mark Brown and Tyler Black begin. Yep. Which you know that they were like, oh, we got to start. Sure. So, so they start a run spot. <laughs> and they're doing a fucking run spot in a TLC match. Yes, so these two train together, of course, so they know all of the shit. So it's the most choreographed horseshit of all time. They both botch the I'm gonna take a hip toss and land on my feet and give you something. Both, Neither of them land on their feet. Correct. My After Mark Brown fails to land on his feet and does a shitty three-quarter roll, they have a standoff. Mm-hmm. Trick Davis has been standing in the ring at this point for like 10 seconds. <laughs> Trick Davis is in the way. Yeah. So, so they do the, the uh, I do an arm dragger, I do a hip toss, I do a hip toss. We both kip up, ha, ha, ha fighting spirit spot, right? Like stand off, <laughs> fighting stance. <laughs> Trick Davis has slid in the ring at this point. So they want this big like, oh, stand off. Yay, good job, guys. They don't get it because Trick Davis is <laughs> just fucking gloms them. Oh, but then Trick Davis uh, dies pays a for million it. deaths. So they take two chairs and they put them up seat to seat, <sighs> and tr- they put Trick Davis between. So the chairs are ultimately against his neck on either side. He is in a handstand. Somebody supporting him. I think at this point the Chris have arrived. Yeah, uh, at least a Chris. Dave Chris has arrived. The, the lesser Chris has arrived. The canceled Chris. So Dave Chris is here. I'm pretty sure Billy Rock's here. They baseball drop kick the two chairs, the two chairs into Trick Davis's collarbone. <gasps> this poor kid. Holy shit! Dead, deader than disco. Uh, I have a note that just says Trick Davis, and I know that's what it means. Yeah. Uh, rest in piss, Trick Davis, because <laughs> oh my god, that is. I think legally attempted murder. Trick Davis only died in IWA Mid-South. Cash flow ruined his life. He dies here. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Oh, God, Trick Davis. Yeah. Yeah, so at this point, uh, Billy Rock and Dave Crist are in, because then I have, an, uh, I have a note that says, first cancellation of the show, Dave Crist. Yep. And then I have Jesus Christ Trick, he's yep. dead. Uh, and he is. And then Chuck Taylor comes in and the makes youth. everything better. The youth! But he doesn't come out to Hey Sandy and I'm sad. Yeah. He comes out to some weird new metal bullshit. And, all right, He Chuck. wasn't established yet. Yeah. Then the better of the Chris, Jake Chris, comes out. Yep. But then Jake Chris and Dave Chris, of course, because they are brothers with my brother. This is not a visual medium. Dave Chris is a fucking moron. I can't stand him. I've never liked him. Yeah. He ain't listening to this. Fuck you, Dave And Chris. even if he is, fuck you, Dave Chris. You know how people feel about you. Um, they come in and they do all their Irish Airborne shit, all their Lotus and Crazy J shit, and they are just... Again, guys, this is a nine-man ladder match, and we are doing everything. Ah! Everything. All of it. Everything. Uh, I do have a note here wondering what the Chris's old names were. Because they mention, like, on commentary, the Chris brothers going by different names. Lotus and Crazy J. Really? Yes. Oh, that's terrible. They were 
Irish Airborne. But they were Lotus. Juggalos. Huh? You you missed the giant fucking juggalo tattoo across somebody's shoulder blades? I think it's Dave Christ. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, I, I gotta be honest, as soon as Mark Brown and Tyler Black started doing that run spot, I checked out for a bit. Sure. Um, and also, I heard Christ Brothers, and I went, no. I like the Christ Brothers collectively. I like Irish Airborne. Mm-hmm. If you force me to watch Jake Christ by himself, I'm gonna be sad. No, I like Jake. Dave. Yeah. Dave is the one that sucks. Yeah. And it's great, because commentary can't fucking tell him apart nope. either. Tom one time was like, well, Dave Chris is blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh. this means nothing to me. Yeah, who gives a shit? Who could care? Uh, and then Ricochet comes in and immediately just gets his ass beat. Yep. But Which, it doesn't matter. Good for him, because he's going to murder everyone. Because Trevor is here for one thing only. Goddamn, he knows exactly what he was put on this earth to do, and that is to just do the most batshit insane thing you've ever seen in your life. So we get us, at this point... Well, at this point, Billy Rock... Billy Rock has been eliminated. Disappears. Okay. See ya, Billy. So we are down to seven people, and we're waiting for our last last competitor, our last piece to this puzzle, coming out to A-Team's Man After Midnight... God Darren bless. Corbin comes out accompanied by Kevin Harvey in all and, of his glory. An illustrious, amazing, wonderful LED belt. The LED belt in 2006, incredible. So, Darren Corbin slides in the ring after going around jawjacking in the crowd, gets in the ring and there's a there's a breakdown in the song. It's Blah, blah, gimme, gimme, gimme a man after mid and he has this whole insane dance. <laughs> Those other seven dudes crowd around him because they're going to come beat his ass. He just, wait, takes off the belt, hands it to Kevin Harvey, and just gets pummeled. <laughs> just gets pummeled. It's so good. Darren Corbin, just in this match alone, establishes himself as, like, getting it. Yeah. Just wonderful. There are so many dudes in that position, like fucking Loki. That would probably be like, no, I have to beat all of you off. Wait. <laughs> Seven dudes? In a row? <laughs> in a row? Yeah, Brandon, do that. Brandon ain't listening to shit. He better listen to this shit, because I'm going to bury him later. Anyway. Uh, fun fact about that belt. One time, me and Josh Ambercombe's girlfriend at the time took it and just reprogrammed I Heart Dudes and knew it. <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy, but I thought it was wonderful. Don't leave me with your shit. Also, if you tell me to film a match... You're going to end up with a selfie on your phone of me, just so you know. God bless. Um, so, back to Rick of Shea. They're do- at this point, so Darren Corbin gets his ass beat. Basically, everyone makes their way to the outside because it's time for everyone to do a spot. Yes. Everyone gets all of their shit in at this point. Correct. The Chris are just doing moonsaults left and right. We are just doing everything ever. It, you can tell that at this point when they were calling the match, they go, all right, everyone have a cool dive that they can do? Yep. Do that. Yep. And then. And then Trevor Mann sets up seven-foot ladder. How do you learn how to fall off a seven-foot ladder? <laughs> uh, I would assume seven one-foot ladders. S- yes. Eight-and-a-half step stools. 
And Ricochet at this point... So, if, if, if y'all don't know, Ricochet has been immensely talented since day one. Like, oh, he's yeah. just unnaturally gifted at flippy shit. His thing at this time was the double moonsault. That was his piece de resistance. So, Ricochet climbs this ladder. Seven people look at Ricochet. Ricochet looks at seven people. Ricochet double moonsaults. And not a fucking Not a single one! Touches him on the way down. He double moonsaults beautifully. The crowd is up and just... Splat. (laughs) Right on the fucking ground of the Midlow Dome. I had to watch it back a few times Uh to go, okay, at least someone caught him, right? (laughs) No, 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 no. Every single one of them go, eh, can't be for you there, Rick. They, 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 not, not, not a person. So in this, so this happens. So Ricochet has become a puddle of mud. Goddamn. I don't think he gets eliminated. I think they go off to fuck off and do more shit. Yeah. So at this point, we're on the outside and we're getting tables. And because, of course, if you put someone through a table, it's going to go out. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I also noted that there's a fuck Jack Evans chant. Amazing. Like immediately following the double moonsault, which I popped for, but I was also like, oh, <laughs> Jack Evans is cool. So Jack Evans could do something at this point. 720? 98? Yeah, no, he was doing a double moonsault. Was he? Okay. Yeah, because I think recently he had done the double moonsault off the cage. Okay. In that embassy, whatever Got bullshit. It. Six man. That's cage right. Match. Generation next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yep. Um,. Yeah, so the fuck Jack Evans chant was hilarious to Delightful. me. Delightful. And then Trick dies again. I don't Tr- know on what. I don't remember. Uh, his swinging reverse Rana. Oh! D- oh my god! No, there's not enough holy shit about that. So no! It's not just a regular reverse Rana, guys. Like, he jumps and swings and Tyler has to Dive- do reverse Rana. Diving poison Rana. Yeah, it's amazing. Good God. And then. And then. And then. And then. So, Trick, not Trick Davis, Chuck Taylor is setting up a table on the outside. Somebody is just like, pow, pow, pow. Lay him on the table. Mark Brown goes up to the ring post to set up for a shooting star press. First, he slips. Jumps down. Uh Uh-huh. Gets back up. Surely he's got it this time. Surely. In what could only be the most amazing glitch of physics and gravity, Mark Brown, Merrick Brave, does a shooting star press and goes nowhere. Absolutely fucking nowhere. Where his feet start... Picture a shooting star press. Picture a a standing shooter. Goes... And lands right where his feet were. So Mark Brown, bottom of rib cage and guts first, hits the metal connector between ring and ring ropes and slumps to the floor. Not even to the floor, because that's the best part. He goes, holy shit. Slumps off and plunk onto Chuck Taylor <laughs> and the table breaks. <laughs> it is he eliminates himself. So, he does. 
It was super painful. People have been sending him this spot for 16 years. Good. He still gets it to this day. Guys, tweet at Mark Brown that exact spot. Embrave 13. <laughs> it's not funny. Show your local black and brave kid this spot. Sure. It's what not to do. It's not funny. What is hysterical? <laughs> Joey Eastman, who I hope is doing well, is ring announcing. There is a very gentle from the back. Merrick Brave has been eliminated. <laughs> the tenure that Mark Brown has been eliminated has stuck within the friend group. So again... I'm not laughing at the injury. I'm because he lays out there until the end of the match. He is. On is the, he like legit hurt? After yes. That? Like he, it, it just not. It, how could it not? Yeah. Right. So he goes through the table. Tyler Black runs over, checks on him. Vince and somebody else are with him for the all of the match. He gets walked out at the end. You see him at the end. So he's been out there probably ten minutes on the floor. It's the delivery from Joey Eastman. That seals it. Plus, guys, we didn't hype this before. We're gonna we're gonna put it over now. On the DVD, they do replays uh-huh. of all the high spots. Oh my god! So Joey <laughs> Eastman's delivery is funny, and then they show it like three more times from every from angle. every angle. Smart Mark has it, and again, <laughs> I never want to see anybody hurt. But just, Merrick Brave has been eliminated. It's that deadpan. (laughs) And that, sadly, is the only thing everybody remembers from that match. Yeah. There's so much good shit in it, and you're going to remember that. Tyler Black... So, picture picture a wrestling ring, and I think it's got to be, what, a 12, 14-foot ring? I think it's... I think they mention it's a 16. Okay, so it's a 16-foot ring. I'm ring... On one side of the ring, we set up a table with the Chris. Uh-huh. On the other... On the same side of the ring, on the other ring post, Tyler Black dives and does a frog splash and puts both of them through the table. Yeah. It is the damnedest thing. It's yeah. It's beautiful, and he has to go so far. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of really great shit in this, but the only thing that stands out is Mark Brown absolutely murdering himself. Yes. And the chair shot that Corbin takes. I feel so bad for Darren Corbin in that moment. This chair shot is no hands. Tyler Black is swinging for the fences. Uh, Straight down. uh, It's a a rock and shamrock chair shot. Yeah. He doesn't get hit with the seat of the chair. He gets hit with the back of the chair on the top, right across the forehead. Yeah, and just right into the match or into the mat. Uh, but luckily Tyler Black, for his trouble, eats one of the damnedest back suplexes off a ladder that I've ever seen in my entire life. Sends him out of the ring. It's the coolest sell because yeah. he just poof, poof, and then like yeah. sloop, like like an octopus escaping yeah. a ship out of the ring. Um. And then even more shit happens. There's more crazy botches. Chris Hero shows up. Yeah. Fucks over Trick Davis, because why not? And then Darren Corbin wins! He does. God bless Darren Corbin. He does. And he cuts a scathing promo. Yes. Which is awesome. I wish I could remember it. I watched it yesterday. I can't remember. 
It was great. It's great. Darren Corbin is great, has always been great, will continue to be great. Uh, And then we scan through the crowd looking at whatever to get to the next fucking thing, and we see Tom. Tom. (laughs) Tom in his fingerless gloves. Are you kidding? No. He was wearing fingerless gloves. He sure was. Give him shit next time you see him. I am going to go back and watch this show just to find him in his fingerless gloves. Uh Uh What a a moody little bitch he was. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And then we move on to something infinitely worse. Oh, guys. Okay, so the first three matches, (laughs) this crowd is like, fuck yeah. And then Mark Brown dies. And then Mark Brown dies, but they're still like, fuck yeah, spots. And then we get to this six-man tag. Oh, man. Which, it starts out... Eddie Kingston comes out. Eddie Kingston is loaded for bear. I fucking love Eddie Kingston. I don't care what any of you fucking say about him. Uh-huh. I love him. I Because Eddie Kingston looks like he approaches every match like he's going to have to fight for his life. Yeah. It is either win or die. Yeah. Eddie Kingston is genuinely just one of the easiest people to like sympathize for but yes. sympathize is the wrong word because it's like you feel his emotion correct you you are invested in the story he is telling and i know yeah. there are plenty of people that are like fuck eddie kingston he's not any good like whatever fine okay you're entitled to your own opinion but i don't but know how it feels wrong. to be wrong yeah um so eddie kingston comes out fucking thomas sullies get your fucking asses out here <laughs> he calls him some things that you can't <laughs> say anymore can't say that on television uh so the Tomaselli's come out. It's what the fuck is a Tomaselli? Uh, two fucking shitty ones and sale. So <laughs> the Tomaselli's are uh, uh, two brothers and Sale Tomaselli, and Sale Tomaselli is the only two, the good one out of the two of them. Vito's fine. Fuck a Brandon Tomaselli. I ain't never liked him. I ain't never gonna like him. He's a piece of shit. I've only felt sympathy for him once, and that was in a lethal lottery. In the Hammond Armory, he went to go do an I Say Moonsaw on the outside and the rope snap. Good. It was scary. I bet. Oh, it was so scary. I And everybody was just like, Jesus, fuck. He was fine. He was fine. But it doesn't excuse him being a dick bag. So the Thomas Sellers are like, fuck you. They start beating up Kingston, blah, 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 blah. And then... And then... This, this beautiful angel... And Larry Sweeney comes out. God Larry bless. Sweeney was so ahead of his time. Oh my God! He is so. Guys, do yourself a favor and look up Larry Sweeney as the Texarkana Just, champion. Yeah. Uh, just so so fucking. Good. If you ever need a mood booster, just go watch Larry Sweeney shit. Here's my favorite Larry Sweeney moment of all time. We're gonna talk about this really quickly, and then we'll yeah. move on to this match. It's Chikara. So the worker ants come out to <laughs> ants go marching by Dave Matthews Band. So do. Do, do, do. And they're doing their little ant march. In the middle of it, the music stops. The ants stop and freeze in place. And there is a, like, two, three second beat. And then you just hear, <laughs> from Larry Sweeney in the back because he's on commentary. <laughs> the, 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 guys, if you've ever heard Bucky Collins laugh, mm-hmm. it's the voice of angels. Larry Sweeney's, like, right underneath. It is a it is a fucking travesty yeah. that he felt he did not need to be on this earth anymore. Yeah. It is a f- crying fucking shame. He could have been printing money. Could yeah. you imagine him managing Jade Cargill? Oh, like, him in any current wrestling product right now, especially uh, gold. AEW. Gold. Absolute money. 
it, seek it out. Go look for anything Larry Sweeney did. Look at him managing Kings of Wrestling. Yeah. Alec- the fucking... Look up just the laughing promo from Larry Sweeney and the Kings of Wrestling. He's... God damn it. Holy shit. There are some people that are meant to be pro wrestlers, and Larry Sweeney was one of them. Yeah. Larry Sweeney got to wrestle Dr. Death Steve Williams for Ian. Yeah. And it was golden. Yeah. Golden. God damn it. So, Larry Sweeney comes out. Kingston... They're getting the shit beat out of him. Kingston throws himself over yeah. his friend. They were shoot bros. Throws him over his friend. They're getting pummeled. And then music <laughs> hits. And one of my favorite tropes in wrestling, and favorite is a loose term because I hate it, but I, it's just so fucking funny to me. Dumb fuck heels are watching the ramp for way too long. That and the music during a fucking save. Yeah. I'm going to play my music, but I'm going to wait. But he doesn't wait. No, that's the genius thing about it. Yes. So, to set this up, the Thomasellis are all... Just uh, kicking the shit out of... Kicking the shit out of Kingston and Sweeney. They leave Kingston and Sweeney in a heap. They The music is hit, and it's Highway to Hell, so uh-huh. it's Spike Dudley. And everybody's like, huh? So, they're watching the, the, the curtain, or the doorway. There's not a curtain. They're watching the doorway to the Midlow Dome. Spike Dudley comes from the back, and he cuts through behind commentary... Cuts through the crowd, pushes between me and Brian. Really? Yes. Awesome. There is a super blonde girl. Uh huh. That's me and Brian, and <laughs> it kills me. <laughs> so Spike Dilly's carrying a chair, and I'll never forget this. He just goes, "Excuse me, excuse me," and like parts me and Brian, and I'm like, "Oh Jesus!" And Brian looks at me and just goes. <laughs> so Spike Dudley gets in the ring with his chair. Commentary's flipping out. People finally realize what's happening, going on. Spike Dudley gives Thomaselli's. Some of the weaker chair shots yeah. I've ever seen. And then we have started a six-man that sucks the fucking life out of this crowd immediately. I was I was so into this at the beginning. Yes. And then the Tomasellis happened. Yes. Because it should have been so simple. It should have been. It should have been, Spike comes in, mm-hmm. brains them all with chairs, mm-hmm. hey, let's have a six-man tag match, mm-hmm. they finally agree to it, hot start, Yep. brawl, Yep. zero to hero, done. get the fuck out of there. Yep. Instead, Instead. what had happened was, the Tomasellis get every lick of everything they've ever wanted to do, ever. Which doesn't shock me because Brandon Tomaselli fucking sucks. Um, this ma- I, did you happen to like grab a time on how long this match was? I didn't, but it's approximately fourteen minutes too long. Yeah. Um, it, and that like legitimately, I would estimate fourteen minutes too long. It's too long. So Eddie Kingston comes out, and to set up this match, the the Tomasellis had beaten the fuck out of him the week or month prior, or whatever. Uh huh. So Kingston is gunning for a fight. Yeah. The crowd expects this to be a brawl. The crowd wants this to be a brawl. And it is not a brawl. No. Before this, everything moved so fast, except for even brain-damaged and deranged and Team Underground. They still move. They're going. Yeah. They're going. The girls are going. The nine-man is just a, a spot fest with a match in it. And then this slows... Down. They just, they say, hey, you know how hot this crowd is right now? What if they weren't? What if they did the opposite of that? Yeah. 
like the 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 tone of this shifts so violently. At some point, I think Spike gets hit with a chair. Oh yeah, he does. Spike gets hit with a chair and bleeds. All over. All over the place, and the crowd does not react in any way. They even do like the sell up, bleeding, oh my god, and the crowd's just kinda like, Oh, the Thomasellis are wrestling. Yeah. They they don't give a shit about anything that happens in this match because the Thomasellis put on a fucking heat on Spike Dudley. Yeah. Forever. Forever. It's not that great. And then at some point... Does Kingston get shoot hurt here? I don't think so. Why did they do that fucking injury thing then? Because if we're still fucking around with the Thomas Elias and Kingston and we need to come back to this at some point, I get it. We set up this angle, whatever. Yeah, but... But so little happens in this match for a hot start. Eddie Kingston, come out here... Fuck you all, you pieces of shit. That's not what he says, but the other one isn't PC. Yeah. At all. Um, Joel, you shouldn't have laughed at it. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it just... The crowd wanted a brawl. Yep. They didn't get it. And they they were polite enough to be like, this match is okay. Like, Spike Dudley is here. Cool. Yeah. and But it's just... It's super whatever and not great. <sighs> I just... I want to know what the backstage reaction was to this. Sure. Because I'm sure people were pissed about it. Sure. And I want to know, like, what they were told. Yes. To, like, going into this. So, also, they do... Kingston gets, um... The shin breaker the on a chair. The shin breaker on a chair. And they're working that he's... these hurt. Yeah. And, like, he's outside for the longest time. And then, uh, when the match ends... Do you remember what the finish was? The Thomas Ellies go over, don't they? I can't remember. It's like something... Spike hits the acid drop. Something, something, something. Brandon Tomaselli probably fats all over the place. And yeah. then whatever. So regardless of what the outcome is of this match, at the end, Spike is bleeding. It is dead silent. The Tomasellis blow snot rockets, which is the grossest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. I can see someone get spit on. A snot rocket is fucking disgusting. Kingston's on the outside, and we go back to Connor's point about that they don't play music at the end, and Smart Mark is, like, right yeah. there. Yeah. Kingston is, like, crying, crying. Crying. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And they're like, don't apologize. He's like, I'm so fucking sorry, guys. Yeah. I can't handle tough dudes crying. Yeah. And Kingston especially is one of them. Yeah. Like, side note on Kingston, they did some... um article with him not too long ago. The Players' Tribune article. The Players' Tribune. Holy shit. Openly weeping at work. Yeah. It broke me. God damn it, Eddie Kingston is just... I can never say enough good things. He's a yeah. good dude. I like him as a person. I like him as a wrestler. I will I will always be in his camp. Yeah. I never want to hear anything bad about him, so if you know something, don't tell me. But this match just kind of... Bleh. And... And one of the things I hate so much in this match, and it takes away from it so much... Bryce Remsburg has always been the most fucking extra ref in the entire world. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Do you not like Bryce Remsburg? He drives me nuts. Really? Yes. He's so fucking animated. Yeah. I like Bryce's refing style a lot, but when I notice him, it becomes a problem. Yeah. Uh, What the fuck was I watching? I was watching a match with Mox where... Bryce was refing, sure. and his fucking hand signals 
started really starting to bother me. Yeah, he's just... He's a lot, guys. Yeah. But, yeah, fuck. Uh, Kingston cries for this. Yeah. And Spike gigged all of it. Very much so. Um, I, I just have a note that says, this had so much promise, and then it didn't. Correct. And I felt very bad for the match they had to follow. But vamp for a second. I'll be right back. Yeah. Um, and so, next we have Ruckus versus Josh Abercrombie. And I had not really ever seen anything from Ruckus. I actually know Josh Abercrombie just because of his finish and also Tom and Meg and other wrestle friends talking about it. Um, and so I was pretty intrigued about this. But, I mean, at this point, legitimately, uh, the beginning of the kingston Tomaselli's match is where I had to stop the first time because this show was dragging on very long. Um, it took me a day to finish Kingston and the Tomasellis. Like, we're gonna get to show reviews at the end, but, oh, man, that, that six-man, just skip it. Because, like, you have Eddie Kingston, who is money. You have Larry Sweeney, who is money. You have Spike Dudley, who is awesome. He's the boss. And I don't know much about the Tomasellis, there are some personal issues there, I can sense. Um, but fuck, do they just go out and ruin it. Uh, any aspiring independent professional wrestlers listening to this, don't fucking do what they just fucking did. What are we talking about? Where are we at? Uh, I was talking about how not to do the Tomasellis. Or just basically don't do anything the Tomasellis did in that match. Oh yeah, anything Brandon ever did, don't. Uh, and I was also talking about how... Haven't seen much ruckus... Haven't seen much Josh Abercrombie. So, I love Ruckus. I loved Blackout. And uh-huh. I have a giant, giant soft spot in my heart for one Josh Abercrombie. Really? Love him. Uh, I've, I was saying, like, I've only ever heard of Josh Abercrombie because of his finishing move name. <laughs> and we'll that. stuff that you guys have told me. Josh Abercrombie um, was one of my ex's friends. Oh. And I ended up living in the same apartment complex as him and his girlfriend. So I have a lot... We were on the road a lot together. Uh-huh. Um, he is a currently a dad and a wrestling coach in Michigan. Is he um, really? Yeah. Oh. He used to come out to uh, Coheed and Cambria. Amazing. Bye-bye, beautiful. Don't bother to write. Yeah. Huh. Face step, step down. I can't remember what that song is called. Um, and then he came out to Welcome Home. Right into the pod at Wowid podcast on twitter that's w-a-w-i-d podcast yeah yes uh thank you for because i won't take the time to look it up yeah um i love josh i think he's fantastic and i think he's hysterical uh the mustache yeah right off the bat i was sold on this shit so he came out he he also comes out to the right stuff on this podcast or on this podcast on this match guys and i fucking love new kids on the block Fun uh, fact, he's got that mustache at that time in his driver's license picture. You're kidding. I am not kidding. That is a fucking mustache right there. Yeah. Uh, also, Ruckus comes out smoking a black and mild, it which I thought was awesome. Fully lit to, I'm a hustler. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a hustler, homie. I'm a hustler. But these, these poor guys. They've got to follow what is a long draining 
arduous. Arduous match, and they have to get the crowd back into it. Yeah. Josh is coming off of a long feud with Tyler Black. Okay. Um, and Ruckus is there, I think, for the first time. Yeah. They mentioned that Ruckus is a new guy out of yeah. the East Coast. Yep. Uh, Blackout was him, Kingston, and Joker. Oh, really? I think there might have been a fourth guy. I can't I remember. Thought... I don't I don't know too much about CZW. God, I hope it was Julia Smokes. <laughs> Go look up Julius Smokes, guys. He's fucking insane. Uh, this is also, like, not even fully formed Ruckus yet. Correct. Either. Fully formed Ruckus was insane. I, Does he still work? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Goddamn. Let's consult the intern. Yeah. Um, I popped huge for Josh Abercrombie's breakaway pants. Yes. Uh, just big fan. Goddamn it, Dick. He was just the best. He does he does sleazy so good. And I was also going to ask, why do they keep booing the ref? PJ... PJ Drummond? Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know. They boo him relentlessly every single time his name comes up. PJ probably... Um, was probably involved in matches where he fucked up endings or it was like a supposed ref fuck-ups. Oh. So I think that's... That's okay. why. Um, I don't think Ruckus is working anymore, by the way. Oh. Oh, Sabian. Sabian was the other guy. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they start just doing wrestling, which yeah. was a good change of pace from prior matches. Sure. Because, <laughs> fuck. You can tell that they're really trying to just reorient the ship. Yes. And being like, hey guys, this is what's supposed to be happening. Right. We're going to bring you back. Yeah. And you're, then you're they do. Like this. And then they just do fucking all of it. They do every bit of it. Um, Ruckus does back handsprings. Yeah. Uh, pour one out for the merch table that they ruin. Yeah. My note is just, no, the merch. Uh, Ruckus does the Weapon X. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Brian Cage, huge Ruckus fan. You heard her here first. Uh, the um, the the sheer volume of stuff that Ruckus does. Yep. I like. I was having this crisis while watching it, being like, I understand why he's doing all of sure. this because he knows the audience. Sure. He's looking for that "Please Come Back" chant, which he gets. He gets it. But at the same time, like. Having been somewhat in those positions before, mm -hmm. I'm not burying all my shit like that. No. Like, I mean, guaranteed I can't do even half as much cool shit as Ruckus can do. Sure. But, like, I don't know. It's still, like, a match. You gotta be like, here are the things that I'm willing to just throw out there, and here right. are the things that I need to save. But I think, also, I... I on one hand, I understand that from a performer's perspective where you're like, no, I, I can't just go out there and be like, this is everything and Josh is going to stuff half of my shit. Yeah. But also, I get the idea of, I may not be able to come back and I bet you Ian was like, guys, you got to do something. Yeah. And they do a lot. All of it. All of it. Taliban backpack. Yeah. Uh, the, the Weapon X bullshit. Josh breaks out his KTF. Yeah. Like... 
the the amount of fucking head stomps and moon salts and just yeah fuck this one is for sure like the highlights of this one are mm-hmm. insane yep because they are they aren't even like beating the shit out of each other they're just like doing stuff yeah and it's not and thankfully it's not like stuff for stuff's sake no but. This at this point, you know, Josh is gonna get all of this in. This is Josh's bread and butter. Like, yeah. this is what he is going to do. I enjoy that commentary references that he enjoys working over the back. Mm-hmm. Like that they make specific note of that, yep. and that he does that. Yes, because I feel like these days that is something that has kind of fallen to the wayside. Sure. Of like commentary, commentators knowing, hey, he's softening up this for, for this X. move. Yeah, so uh, Abercrombie's finisher is the Taliban backpack driver, which is a lung blower. Like diving lung blower diving from the middle rope, or top and, rope. Yeah, and then a... Phoenix Splash! Which I used to affectionately call the KTF driver because he need motherfuckers in the face. Yep, he sure did. Every single time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ruckus eats all of that knee pad. Yep. Every last bit of it. Yep. And... He does get a please come back chant. And yeah. I think he does come back for something. Yeah. I can't remember what. Maybe the TPI? I don't know. Yeah, Ruckus is dope. Yeah. Uh, like, a dude like that size, mm-hmm. you would think shouldn't be a flippy-dippy guy. Right. And he did it better than, well, Mark Brown for sure. Oh, yeah, because he at least went somewhere when he was doing backhands. Yeah. The, yeah, the, like, speed and power he gets on those fucking Muda handsprings. Yep. Wow. I gen- I was a little tapped out at this point. Sure. Just because it, it took me two days to finish that Kingston Tomaselli's match. Sure. Um, and then coming back into this, I was with the crowd firmly. Just yes. being like, oh, God. That... I, I feel bad because that happens in a lot of Ian shows that there is just... It's a lot to digest, guys. So... A, a quick pause here to kind of deviate and vamp on this. For all of his oddball quirks, questionable business practices, sometimes shitty personality traits, Ian Rotten put together amazing matches. For better or worse. But there were... There were matches that you could not get anywhere else. Or that you didn't see anywhere else until Ian did them. And then they'd show up elsewhere. But, like, we're going to go into Kevin Steen versus Ian after this. We've got um, Loki and Necro is on this show. There's so many things that he just Yahtzee cupped into existence. And you're like, oh, my God, I saw this happen. Like like I said, Larry Sweeney versus Steve Williams. Yeah. Dr. Steve Williams. These are things that you would never have expected to see anywhere. And Ian's like, I'm going to fucking book it, guys. What did you mention? Ian and Dusty versus... Uh, Candido and... Steve Stone? Yeah. This is a match that happens at, I believe, their 10th anniversary show. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes, guys, versus Chris Candido... And the metalhead Steve Stone. (sighs) But, like, these are... I wish I could... I one time watched... Eddie Kingston and Blackjack Marciano as the wild cards. Yeah, the wild cards. Fight Tracy Smothers and Chris Hamrick. Yeah. 
And, what? And Smothers and Hammer go, go over. over. They take the whole fucking tournament. Yeah. It's baffling. They end up going over the Second City Saints. Yeah. Fucking what? Yeah. Like, IWA Mid-South, you know, you, listen, you guys are longtime listeners. You understand right. that the thesis of this show is that IWA Mid-South in these years is the fucking prototype of what a super indie can and should be. It is baffling the amount of matches that came out of there with guys that are signed are just top guys and that are just when you're watching them so this is this is 2003 to 2005 2006-ish is the the crux of this show yeah. right if you had gone back and told 18 to 21 year old Meg hey Eddie Kingston's going to be signed in 16 years I'd be like, you gotta be fucking me. CM Punk's gonna be in two major federations. Yeah. Brian Danielson will be in two major federations. Austin Aries is gonna be a giant piece of shit. <laughs> I I would have been like, you're putting me on. Hey, Matt Seidel, remember how he's really good and threw up in that ring that one time? Yeah, he'll be in two major federations. Yeah. Fucking what? Like, I saw Abdullah the Butcher in a fucking rec center. Guys, if you go to indie wrestling now and you're watching stuff and you're like, man, this is really good. That kid's going to be there someday. Make a note of it because you're going to go back in 15 years and be like, holy fuck. I saw AJ Styles wrestle in in front of 20 fucking people. Yeah. So, like... God damn it! I it's it's one of those you don't realize what you saw until at, like way after the fact. Yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty. There is shit in DVDs that I'm like, yeah, I saw that. I went and saw that. I, I watched this happen. Um, like, and to your point, I know you mentioned it, but moving into this next match, mm-hmm. that is precisely yep. the vibe because it is Kevin fucking Steen versus Ian Rotten. My first notice, and I asked myself. How did I get here? Yeah, I, I, my first note on this match is wait, what? How is this a match? Baby ass Kevin Steen yeah. here, the youth. I, and I, I, coming to watch these shows, I've realized that like Ian would choose people to work with mm-hmm. because he knew that they were gonna mm-hmm. be something, and so like I, I don't know if it was to be like test your fucking skill against sure test your metal yeah. yeah. Like you against, gotta wrestle the boss. Yeah, the boss guy. Or if it was Ian being like, I want to have my name attached to this guy. I don't know. And and maybe that is part of it. Like, Ian Rotten, when... when so, Claudio Cesaro used to be on the show. The first time yeah. Cesaro went and got signed, Ian put him over and was like, I taught that kid how to throw a European uppercut. Yeah. And sure as shit he did. Yeah. Ian, I think we've talked about it before, those who can't teach. Yeah. Ian, especially in this match... Ian is chain wrestling? Yes! Ian is wrestling? Holy shit, I have so many notes about this. I don't, because I was watching it and half listening to commentary, because commentary would yeah. not shut the fuck up. Oh, no, they won't. No, I, God damn it, Jim Fannin. Jim Fannin and fucking Ben Jordan. I, uh, I, I, when I heard them introduce commentary <laughs> and it was Jim Fannin, I went, no. Also, Jim Fannin versus the state of Michigan is my second favorite feud in wrestling. Hold my first favorite feud in wrestling is Chuck Taylor versus Children. Chuck Taylor versus Children is a saga as old as time, and frankly, I hope it never ends. Quick story on that. So, do you, do you know where Galley runs? Galley yeah, Lucha? the flea market. Okay. So, 
Wrestling Is. Do you remember Wrestling Is? Holy shit, yeah. Okay, Wrestling Is is running at the Galley Flea Market. That runs first, and then Lucha runs that right after. So, Wrestling Is ha- wrestling is, is happening. Chuck Taylor's in the ring. So, after this, there's going to be a Lucha show. So, a mom and a bunch of kids come in, because their birthday party's going to happen at the Lucha show. Oh. Bunch of blo- Mom comes in with a bunch of balloons, and there's children. Chuck Taylor sees this. Chuck Taylor whips around and just goes, I'm going to pop your balloons, kid. And this mom looks at him and goes, the fuck you are. And Chuck Taylor just stops and goes right back to the match. It was the most amazing thing I had ever seen. Angry Mexican mom versus Chuck Taylor. My God. Someone book it. Ian doesn't have the balls these days. Chuck Taylor would die. Anywho, back to Kevin Steen and Ian Rotten. So, uh, Steen cuts this promo saying that he is, in fact, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Yes. And that Ian Rotten is Vince McMahon. Yes. Which leads to some just grade A fuckery during this match. It leads to a minute and 32 promo yeah. before we even start the so, thing. And I was going to say, like, of course Ian has to get his words in. Of course. Yeah. And he says, uh, conservatively speaking, nothing. He's not a billionaire. No. No doy. No shit, Ian. (laughs) Uh, He's not jacked like Vince McMahon is. No. Uh, Again, oh, really? Yeah. And he uh, doesn't... uh, Oh, God, what the fuck does he say? He says something about how he doesn't book pussies. He gets in a jab at Shawn Michaels. Yeah, which... Okay. Okay. Yeah, great. Good for you, Ian. Stick it to him, Ian. <laughs> I'm sure gonna, he's listening. Sean's going to go dry his tears with his pile of money. Like, I, it's 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 fuckery. I enjoyed it. Sure. It was different. It was entertaining. It they, broke up the show. They shit on the Fed a couple times during the show. Yes. Spike does it, and then Ian does it, because you're not running against Mania, guys. You're not going to outdraw... Yeah. Outdraw Mania. WrestleMania. Uh, And this match, like, I liked kind of a lot. Yes. So I have two notes of I did not appreciate Kevin Steen at this time. I I remember distinctly the 2005 TPI telling him he sucked. Really? Yeah, to his face. And he was like, you're saying nothing to me. And I'm like, you still suck. He's like, I'm still not listening to you. It was wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I love Steen now. I think there's something so genuinely entertaining about Kevin Steen as a whole. Yeah. Um, especially his work with Rollins right now. Oh yeah. This the the self the self referential. No, you can't change the booking on WrestleMania. That's stupid. Why would you do that promo? Like hysterical. But especially at this time, I didn't realize how good he was. Uh, he's already very good. Here. Yes. I have not watched a lot of early Steen. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't realize he was a thing. Sure. Until, like, 09. Okay. Like, I wasn't watching indie wrestling then. But, sure. like, nowadays, not realizing, like, oh, fuck, he did Mid-South dates mm-hmm. in 06. Yep. Like, I figured he was just stuck in that frozen hellscape of Canada. No, and then he did, him and Generico through yeah. Ring of Honor for Tom's beloved feud. Yeah. Oh, I love that feud. But that doesn't happen until 2012. Is that far out? Yes. God damn. That that ladder war is in 2012. Shit. So like, there's seven years of in between. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so, like, this match is awesome. Well, okay, awesome is a strong word. But Ian doing fucking technical bullshit. Ian doing chaining the handstands yes! spot. Like, I have a note that says Ian Rotten is confounding. Because he is the first guy that will bleed buckets. Yeah. His forehead looks like um, a sedimentary rock just with all the layers of scarring. Yeah. Not sedimentary. No, you're right. Whatever, this isn't geology. I ain't ain't learned no geometry. Science is hard. It's fucking hard. Anywho. Scarred up, his arms scarred up, Taipei death, him and Axel beat the shit out of people, gonna bleed, IWA, drink the Kool-Aid, whatever. But then he's like fucking chaining. Yeah! And like technical wizardry. And he's competent at it. Yes. Like, confoundingly yes. so. And then commentary is, like, not putting over Ian being good at this. They're putting over how medically fragile this man is. <laughs> they will not stop talking about how fragile his shoulder is. His left arm. Hanging out by a thread. Just, it's not even there, guys. <laughs> it's 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 marzipan and chicken wire. Yeah, his shoulder, guys. It's not... His left arm is basically held on like a Barbie arm. Like, yeah. it's just not there, guys. Yeah. There is... There's technically a ball joint, but it's other the, than that... It's Yeah. He's been in a car accident. He's had skull fractures. He's had concussions. He ends up getting that weird brown recluse spider bite. Like... Wait, what? Oh, yeah. He got bit by a brown recluse spider. That's so hardcore, dude. No, it's not. Like they, put, <laughs> like, they put pictures of it. There was one time, Connor, I shit you not, he came to a wrestling show with the IV port still in his arm. It's, Jesus, Ian. Yeah, it's not good. Ian's a mess, guys. Like, Ian is a straight mess. But this match is not bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at some point, there's fuckery going on, and they get back in the ring. Sure. And Steen tees off on him and hits the fucking flying forearm. Okay. Waits for it. Bounces a bit. Commentary's like, oh, he's trying to kip up, blah, 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 blah. Making fun of him because he's fat. And then then he he kips up. And I was like, no, you fucking idiots. He was making fun of that. And it's just the most incredible thing. It's so good. God damn it. Kevin Steen, like, again, you want to talk about guys that get it? Yep. Kevin Steen. Yep. From seemingly day one, understood exactly what he needed to do. And his pal, El Generico, understands it from day one. Speaking of which, this next match. This this match, so nothing against Ian and nothing against Ruckus and Amber Crombie. Yeah. Delirious and El Generico brings the crowd right, right back. back. Right back. Uh, my first note on it just says, this should be awesome. And yes. I'm correct. My second note is, this is great, the crowd needed this. Yeah. The first note is, I hope El Generico is doing well these days. Me too. I heard that he was in that fiery bus crash not too long ago, and oh. I just, I, I, I wish him well. <sighs> is it good thing he wears a mask? Yeah. The orphans weren't on the bus, were they? No, I don't think the orphans okay, were. Okay, good. Yeah. Unfortunate. However, I think he'll be okay. Okay, good. If he can survive a Brain Buster Dangerous, yeah. he'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, they're comparable, Brain Busters and Bust Crashes. So. That's true. I've been in both. Wait. Did you just walk it off? Yeah. Okay, good. That's what you do. The Bust Crash is a shoot thing, though. Really? I was in one. 
Not fiery, but bus crash. Amazing. Yeah. It was in like sixth grade. Any hoot. Today. Any hoot. This match, guys. This fucking match. It's so good. Oh god damn it! I one of my favorite things. First of all, one of my favorite things is is when comedy wrestling is actually funny. Yes. And another favorite thing of mine is when you take a wrestling trope mm-hmm. and point out that it is a wrestling trope and, like, subvert it. And they do both of these things just so beautifully. Are you talking about where Delirious wants the international and can't get it? <laughs> the And also, when did Delirious learn English? It's always been in there. Has he always kind of known it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Blah, 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 hip toss, blah, 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 yeah. blah, arm drag, blah, 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 banana phone. Yeah. 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 And then he does the two claps and a let's go. Yes. Amazing. Uh, quick pause and delirious. He is in some fucking Holy shit. shit. He found the good vitamins here. I was like, my God, he gets even better vitamins. Uh-huh. But I was like, Hunter... What are you doing here, bud? Yeah. You're looking amazing. Wait, is his name Connor? Hunter. 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 Got it. I was like, wait, his name is Connor? No. Now, what did I say? What did you say? No, what did you say? Connor? Hunter. Wait. Fuck! Come with me if you want to live. Anyway. Any hoot. Uh, uh, this match is fantastic. I have a note that says wrestling is so fun when it doesn't take itself seriously, and this thing doesn't take itself seriously no. at all. Literally. The, just, them planning the entire match around Delirious doing something and then getting so caught up in it that Generico just sneaks out and grabs a headlock. Yep. Incredible. Yep. Genuinely chuckled. Oh, yeah, like, several at the, times. Like, so just wholesome and fun. And then they turn it on. Yes. Like, they flip, I don't know when they flip this switch, but I just looked up and I was like, oh, fuck, they're wrestling now. Yeah. And they are going balls to the wall. Yeah. And it's fantastic. They haven't called it the Huluva Kick yet. No. They call it a Mafia Kick. Yeah. Um, when does the Huluva Kick become, like, a thing? I don't know. Okay. I know he was using it, but I don't know if it was, like, the thing. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite stupid little things in this match is they're on the outside. And Bryce is counting. Yeah. But then they're like, it's dose. Oh, Okay. And the crowd is like, that's four. Because <laughs> Bryce is like, five. And this guy in the crowd just goes, it's a go. And, and all generic go, oh, see. <laughs> this, the whole, what's wild to me is the whole El Generico thing mm-hmm. shouldn't work. No. The, like, on paper. It's white, the dumbest shit. Yeah. French Canadian dude pretends to be a luchador. Does not speak Spanish. Syrian Canadian ginger. Yeah. Luchador. Yeah. Yep. And yet, he <laughs> does it just so perfectly. 100%. Like, because he fucking sells out for it. Yeah. Like, and he can still be a good wrestler. He's an amazing wrestler. Yeah. El Generico is fantastic, and I'm so glad that he taught Sami Zayn everything he knows. Yeah. Like, good on him, honestly. Yeah. Like, cause, goddamn, they're both amazing. They're both amazing. Delirious has always been good. Just a a complete goober. Like they're they're just so so bananas. Delirious and Jimmy Jacobs end up having a first blood match. Uh huh. That's amazing. Yeah. Everything at some point. There's multiple Deliriouses at Punk's last match. Like 
We're going to get to a bunch of these shows, guys. she like, shows up. Golden Vampires show up. Again, we'll get to these, because they're all fantastic. I need to see the Golden Vampire shit. It's fantastic. Um, and, like, for the first half of this match, mm-hmm. th- they're the most over yeah. on the show without yeah. doing a goddamn thing. Nothing. Like. Sharpest, smartest, smartest man on this card. Yeah. Legitimate. And then, again, like, they turn it on. Yeah. And they do all the shit. Everything. Uh, Shadows Over Hell. Love it. Always dope. Looks painful as fuck. Yeah. Um, the fucking panic attack, or whatever they call that. Yep. The running shit in the corner. Mm-hmm. Dope. Uh, Generico does not, unfortunately, get the Brain Buster Dangerous. He doesn't. Which I was upset about, but I get. I don't know what they call this finisher, but it's dope as fuck. Holy shit, like... It, it hooks for like a Ricola bomb. Yeah. And then just spins him out and dumps him on his fucking head. And it looks like a million bucks. Yeah. One, two, three, done. Yep. It is fast. It is funny. And the crowd just eating, eating out of the palms yeah. of their little hands. Oh, yeah. They, like, unsung heroes of this show. Yes. Delirious and Generico. Like,. Josh and Ruckus kind of get it back, yeah. and then Delirious and uh, Generico are like, okay, we got you. Yep. We got this. Yeah. They literally, like, wake the crowd right back up yep. and just get them fired up for all this shit. Uh, one of my favorite parts comes in the beginning, too. Generico's music comes in. He gets in the ring. They cut it off too early. Yep. The crowd's like, ah. So they turn it back on for the big, oh. Like, yeah. It's good. It's it's all yeah. good. And Generico waits for the pose. Yeah. And then does it. Hooray! It, yeah. It's, it's it's delightful. Yeah. Both just fun guys. Yeah. Just having fun. Knowing exactly what they're there for. Yep. Which is awesome. Yep. Fantastic. Cannot, yes, both of them. Cannot recommend that match enough. Correct. Uh, even on its own, standalone. Yes. Perfect example of how to do a comedy match right. Yep. Having the funny haha at the beginning and then fucking turning it on in the back half. And still keeping the haha in the wrestling. Yeah. They it it's the best of both worlds. Because they never hit that like dramatic like oh now I'm pissed now off at serious. you. Yeah. Yeah. No. And Delirious was never like that, which no. I and until he went to like heel Lirious, but Yeah. Oh god, heel Lirious. God damn it. Love a good portmanteau. Um, but yeah, the finish, brutal, awesome. Yep. And yeah, they get in and they get the fuck out. Yep. It does not feel like, like, honestly, I don't, I can't think of anything that I would cut from that match. No, I think it was the perfect amount of time, yeah. the perfect amount of stuff, and yeah. the perfect amount of shtick. Yeah. And then we go to this next match. Which, going into this, <coughs> I know Tank. Mm-hmm. From Tank and Iceberg. Okay. The fucking tag champs or whatever they mm-hmm. were. Just big bastards beating people up. Big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah. And then you go from a delirious match to Mr. Insanity, Toby Klein. I don't mind Toby Klein. Good for you. Because god damn did he piss me off right away. Why? It, delirious is on the show. Sure. 
what are you doing going up to the ropes and going, hey, that was his thing. Okay. Do a better thing. I don't know. It was I, his thing before it was Delirious' thing. Okay, that's fair. It's not like he took it from Delirious. That No, I know. And it's a different type of goofy. Yeah, okay. I just, I was not okay with this. And sure. also, I was like, I just want more Generico and Delirious, please. Sure, so this, this, this gives you your IWA... They came for stiff. Yes. More <laughs> shoot headbutts. Yeah. This was Ian going, hey guys, we have a strong style tournament coming up in a few months. Go to that. Yep. Uh, because, boy howdy, do they beat the fuck out of each other. At one point, they're just grabbing heads and headbutting each other, and just that dink, dink, uh-huh. dink. Yeah. It's not good. When you bust yourself and your opponent open from shoot headbutts, yep. you know you've gone too far. You done fucked up. Yeah. Like, Tank, why? I love Tank. Tank? Uh, badass. Tank loves ice cream. Really? Yep. I can, well, looking at him, I can imagine. However. McDonald's soft serve. They would get it every time they stopped on the way to IWA shows. Goddamn. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't have much to say about this match. Sure. Because it really wasn't much of a match. No, it's a, it's a brawl. Yeah. It's, it's. Toby Klein and Tank, so it's hardcore, strong-style bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. And I don't remember what the finish is, but I want to talk about a quick note that they make in this. So, something happens, and they start referencing Vader. Yeah. And they're like, next month or Uh in a few months or whatever, Vader versus Bull Pain. Mm -hmm. They used to beat the hell out of each other in the AWA. Yeah. Or something. No, it was AWA. They fought in the past, blah, blah, blah. Bull Pain used to just straight up murder people. Bull Pain would just beat the shit out of you. Vader, also gonna beat the shit out of you. So I was like, oh my god. Vader versus Bull Pain? Is Leon, like, working at this point? Like, is Vader, like, honestly? Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, oh, that's going to be something to see. I can't find a record of this match ever happening. Really? Card subject to change, guys. Did it fucking really? I can't... I could not find a note about it. Did they get Vader, at least? I have a feeling they didn't get Vader. They make such a big deal about this match. Yep. They bring it up at least three times. And I don't think it happens. Holy but shit. Th- but this happened a lot of just, yeah. we're going to have this match. Guys, we're going to do... <clears throat> we're going to go so- to Japan and have King of the Death matches right. in Japan at we're the gonna, Tokyo Dome. We're going to have Samoa Joe versus Shawn Michaels next week, guys. Like Stuff Ian promised a lot and probably delivered on about 65% of it. But when he delivered... When he delivered, he delivered. Yeah. But there was a time period where you knew if he announced a match, you had a, like, 2080 shot of it actually happening. Yeah. And it kind of fucking sucked. Because you would get really excited and be like, plane tickets fell through, travel visas, grandma died, had to move his neighbor's dog. Like, yeah. it, just all the excuses. And it got kind of... It, it got depressing. Because you'd be like, well, we'll see if it really happens. Yeah. But, like, there was a time period where even Rotten would be like, so-and-so's gonna be here next week at the Highland Building, and sure as shit, it happened. And, like, the unbelievable thing, too, is, like, when he's naming all these names and shit, and, like, sometimes they're happening, and mm-hmm. sometimes they're not. Right. For a brief moment, 
there is that, oh man, I have no idea if he's actually kidding or not. Right. Like, this is unbelievable, and I have no idea if it's actually going to fucking happen. Right. This could actually happen. Again, going back to Dusty Rhodes and Ian Rotten versus yeah. Chris Candido and Steve Stone. He, shoot, shut up to the building, guys. There was a meet and greet earlier in the day. I met the man. Yeah. There, one of these days, when we get the Patreon really up and moving, mm-hmm. not just talking about Corp and, you know, J.C. Yeah. Bailey and Wife Beater. Oh, God. I'm going to have to show you some of the memorabilia I have from these days because I have the shirt yeah. from that show signed by yeah. all these people. Like, we're going to put up a bunch of shit. Yeah, we'll put up a poll on the Twitter to see if you really want to just do a deep dive into Meg's IWA Mid-South memorabilia collection. We can even go deep. I've got so much weird bullshit from wrestling. Like, it's a little ludicrous. Like, yeah. just the sheer amount of totes and signed stuff and it's outlandish. Like I've seen them. Going... Like I said it before, the amount of stuff I saw that I didn't realize I was looking at it at the time. Yeah. I I wish I could go back and just Three Stooges paintbrush me and be like, are you kidding me right now? Like, will you please pay attention to what you're watching? Yeah. That's why I love this shit. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And speaking of insane... Thank you for that transition, because that's exactly what I was going to say. Happened right on our little segue, like Paul Blart. Oh, fuck. Okay, so up next we have... <laughs> Loki versus Necro Butcher. Guys, this God is damn. not a fever dream. You are not hallucinating. Loki versus Necro Butcher happened in front of people... As a match on this show. And you can't I, see me shaking my head right now, but I was so stoked, guys, because I love Necro and I was stupid <sighs> and I loved Loki. God damn it. God God damn I have the power of hindsight. Mm-hmm. Uh and so I don't fucking like Loki. No. Not one bit. No. Not one iota. I like the idea of Loki. The execution of Loki is that he is a raging dickhead. Yeah. Uh, I've met the Necro Butcher. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't like the Necro Butcher. When did you meet Necro Butcher? Uh, This would have been 2021. Okay. 2020? No, 2021. 2004 and 2005 Necro Butcher is a different Necro Butcher than... Than uh, Dylan Summers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I met Necro Butcher at an Anna Fight Underground show, and I didn't know if it was him or not. I had to pull Burna... Like, literally, I walk into the locker room at this fucking skating rink mm-hmm. where people are smoking inside. That sounds right. And this old man wearing a MAGA hat is like, Kid, do you know how to blade? And is teaching this fucking kid who, like, looks younger than me how to fucking gig. And I walk in and go, what the fuck? Walk out. Grab Berna. And I go, hey, I need you to verify if this is the Necro Butcher or not. (laughs) And Berna just goes, what? And I shove him into the room. And he comes back with the widest eyes I've ever seen him have. And he goes, dude, that's Necro. And I go, cool. And then we walked away. So... I don't know what Necro's political leanings were back in the day. 
I just thought he was fucking awesome. Oh, Necro in 06, even. Badass. Uh, Age of the Fall Necro? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Necro... If you... If you aren't aware of the human being that is Necro Butcher, I need you to pause. Go Google him. Yeah. Because whatever you're anticipating in your brain is not what you're going to pull up on the internet. Um, actually, I've mentioned it probably on previous episodes, but uh, just look up Pain MV Necro Butcher on YouTube. There is a highlight video sent to You Know You're Right by Nirvana. Yes! That video is fucking awesome. It's amazing. I showed it to my friends who aren't wrestling fans, and they were immediately like, Deathmatch Wrestling, what the fuck? And I was like, no, guys, but also, yeah. Yeah, guys. Uh, him coming up to Jesus Christ Superstar makes me so happy. Uh-huh. Um, Necro makes me happy. Necro of... Oh, man, he was part of a very long rumble in Mania Weekend when they did that huge thing of the collective in, like, 2019. Oh, yeah. Him and Cannon interact, which I think is hysterical because it's, like, <laughs> two of my favorite people of all time. Um, so Necro Butcher is a barefoot... Hillbilly. Is he a hillbilly? Is that the thing? Yeah, we're gonna call it that. Virgin West Virginia? I think. Just he is here to fight. He does the we put down two chairs, we sit and we just punch each other in the mouth. Yep. Wrestling out of the blue corner. Low key. Who Schindler's list doesn't take itself this seriously. Yeah. Fuck Brandon ain't listening to this. Fuck Loki. Loki should be awesome. Should be. Should be. This this just tough, gritty, I'm gonna beat your ass type of dude. And he is just a prick in oh this. Oh my god. Like in every match that he has, but sp- Especially, Especially this, this one. So, you knew... So, Necro is just, I'm going to straight bare knuckle punch you in the face. I'm going to kick you. He's barefoot just at the top of my foot. Necro took a cinder block to the head. Like, Necro isn't there, so he doesn't feel pain. Yeah. And Loki is only here to inflict pain. Like, I one time watched him touch... Like, oh god, what the fuck is the submission hold that he does? The dragon sleeper? Like... Jack Evans' forehead to his shoes in it, yeah. right? Like, Loki is only here to fuck you up. Necro's only here to fuck you up. But Loki is, like, straight Kawada kicking Necro in, in the, the forehead. And it's not, like, a gentle reprieve. And Loki has kickers on, and it's just... <laughs> into his forehead. It's the worst. This whole fucking match, like, from the start, they are just... I, I If you told me today... They didn't call a second of this. They didn't. I would have. I I believe you. There's no. They they never talked about it in the back, and they never talked about it as it was happening. Yeah. Everything looks painful. They just beat the fuck out of each other and, for and, thirty-five minutes. Yeah, it's can 
continuous. Like I it, don't know actually how long it is, but it felt like 35 minutes. It goes so long. Holy and fuck. and then the pace that they keep here yeah is so fast. Like they they start Necro comes out to Jesus Christ Superstar comes in the ring everybody's like yay. Loki comes out to whatever the fuck he comes out to. They throw streamers and they're fighting in the streamers. Yeah. They're all caught up in it and they are just laying it in. God damn it. Like you mentioned the Kawada kicks, the fucking punches that Necro lands. This match is mostly low key. Yeah. Because it has he's an asshole. Oh yeah. And just has to like make sure that everyone knows he's dominant. Those fucking uh Pele kicks. Yeah. All God, all of like if you ever just want to be uncomfortable, go watch this match. Yeah. And at the time I was like, this is fucking awesome and watching it back, I was like, no. Yeah. Loki is just an asshole. Just a complete dickhead. Uh I enjoy Joe Necro more than I enjoy this. Yes. Because at least Joe is a professional about it. Correct. Like there is nothing professional about Loki. No. Like he just seems insufferable. There is a point where they're brawling on the outside and they show it in the replays all the time too of they're just brawling or whatever and Necro is like obviously and this is coming from like a worker's perspective of like trying to throw punches to like come back to sure. do something and Loki is just shrugging them off no selling them yep. so that he can keep fucking punching yep. and just throws a capo kick. Yeah. For no reason. And like I think hits him square in the forehead. Yeah. Yeah. Because He's got to get his shit in. I hate it. I it, like it, I, I this match note. genuinely upset me. Yeah, I have a note that says, "Whatever painful thing Necro did to him, Loki had it coming." Yeah. Uh, like I gen I I wrote a few notes about this is too long, and also this has been all Loki, and I want Loki to get his comeuppance, and he fucking doesn't. He doesn't. No. No. And. There, there's not much to say about this match because it is just low-key being awful. Yeah. Like, if you do deathmatch and you guys are beating the shit out of each other, it's at least, like, tit for tat. Yeah. This isn't. No. And then... This is 90-10 low-key. I would say 95-5. Okay, it's, yeah. It's awful. And then, then we set up a table in the corner. Yep. Then we hang Necro up in a tree of woe. Two boots through him yep. was no Loki's shirt. Loki double stomps Necro so hard the table like evaporates. Yeah. One, two, three, done. Not the finish. That wasn't the fucking finish? Nope. What the fuck was the finish then? Because I'm pissed about this, so I have it written down. Um, first of all, I also have written, this is Toxic Masculinity, the match. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They throw a Tiger Bomb in here, too. Uh-huh. Tiger Bomb. Awful Tiger Bomb. No, it is boots through the table. One, two, kick out. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Some bullshit. Uh, I have written here, come on. Go the fuck home. Right. Go Casa, guys. Yeah. And then I also have written, are you fucking kidding me? Which is code for, then Loki has to get his submission over. So he puts him in the dragon sleeper That's after right. some fucking shit. Out. Yeah, and he That's passes right. out. That's right. Why? Because Loki can't go under. Okay. The boots through the fucking table. Why wouldn't that be the finish? Why would that not be the finish? Because Brandon has to get his fucking dragon sleeper over. 
Fuck you, Brandon. God. Let's not go, Brandon. Damn it. God, he's fucking terrible. This match, like... I would say go... We can do review after this, but... Sure. God. Damn it. Yeah. And it went on so fucking long. Yeah. Also, guys, noticing the timestamp on this, this is solidly at two hours. We're reviewing an Ian show. This is how it felt for us. So, now we're at what seems to be the longest match on Earth. And I I did a timestamp for this. How long is it? This match is only like 25 minutes long. It feels... So, first of all, they announced it as 45-minute time limit. Yeah. The crowd visibly... One-hour time limit. One? Yeah. And you're (sighs) right. The crowd just groans. Because it's Chris Hero. Yeah. So that's where we're at, guys. We're at the main event. It is Chris Hero versus Milano Collection AT in an hour time limit because the Lord hates me. (laughs) Which, so Chris (coughs) Hero is heel at this point. Correct. Which doesn't seem right. But. It worked. it, It works fine. Versus Milano Collection AT, which, huh? So, this was a big deal when it happened. I don't remember why it was a big deal. Um, it's not a first-time match. They've no. fought before. Um, Kings At, of like, Wrestling. Like, Chikara f- something. Chikara Tag World Grand Prix. Tom will correct me on that, because I fucked it up. Um, regardless, this match... Okay, we have just watched dudes beat the shit out of each other for far too long. And then, guys, it's an hour time limit... We are backing up to a Ring of Honor show. Ian has promised us we will get out early, and we do a lot of chain wrestling and technical garbage. Yeah. I hate everything. Yeah, they just... They 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 start this like they're the opening match on a card. Correct. And they're both good at it. Absolutely. So it's fine. It's not offensive or anything. No. But... You can't... The Necro and Low-Key should have been the main. Yes. I, I have written that they're in a death spot, and they're the main event. Flip this. Yeah! Flip this, and it would have been absolutely fine. Yep, I would have been T-totally okay with this. You told this crowd there was an hour time limit, and everybody checks out immediately. Yeah. Um, they, they tout Milano Collection AT mm-hmm. as one of the best wrestlers in the world. And the lie detector determined that was a lie. Yeah, what the fuck? I I do not remember where this kid came from. I remember it being a big deal. Yeah. But I don't remember why. They, like, they make sure to put over all of his moves. Uh-huh. They talk about picking him up from the airport, as racist as that is. But well, they of make course a big he's de- the only big Japanese guy at the airport. Jim Fannin, shut the, shut fuck, the fuck up, up. Jim. Jim Fannin, what are you good for? Well, your money. But... Other than that. Say it again. <sighs> Fucking hell. But Milano Collection AT did not impress me much. His jacket impressed me. What the fuck was the dog thing? It was very cute. That was a precious dog. You say these things as if they hold meaning. It was an invisible dog, Meg. I can understand. It... it, it it upset me. This is the this is the joke, guys. The in, the invisible dog. It 
it made me upset. The invisible dog that never bit anyone. Also, it didn't lead to anything. Bruna, my dogs didn't fucking bite you. Sorry, that's a personal note. It letting is a out. personal note. They might have actually bit him, though. I, I have come to find out. He'll be fine. He'll be okay. Uh, to be fair, also... To be fair. This match... Guys, I had to watch this match in two sittings. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Really? I hated it. Chris Hero is technically sound. I will never besmirch his skills. This is not my cup of tea. Yeah. I love a good brawl. I love... Guys, I love Stone Cold. I love Stan Hansen. Yep. I love JBL. I love Orange Cassidy. Right? It's a a weird... (laughs) Okay. I love Delirious. Technical bullshit makes me so check out. So on this match, I was just like, I don't want to anymore. And I think even watching the show in real life, I was like, I just want to go to Ring of Honor, guys. Yeah. Uh, Tom, notorious Chris Hero fan, left for this match. He was outvoted and did not stay for it. He You're was super pissed. Kidding. Nope. Well, he didn't miss what I'm going to call much. He didn't miss much. He missed a very long injury fakeout spot. Yeah. Um. Although I do have to give Hero props for that spot because it was done very well. I think it was done well, but it went too long. Yes. And if you wanted to get the right drama on it, don't give me Javince Jones. Get yeah. Ian. Yeah. Exactly. And they don't. No. That that that's the one tell thing is you know when some shit's actually wrong mm-hmm. versus like when they're playing it off. Yeah. Cuz Chris Hamrick does something very similar. Okay. Several years prior. That match. Uh I think it's on Quote the Raven. Okay. That match. It's Hamrick versus CM Punk. Okay. Incredible. I think I have that in the bin. Uh-huh. I'll Hamrick misses flying ass. It it's great. Anyway, no, the injury fake-out spot, I liked the payoff, but it didn't lead to anything. Correct. Uh, and then Milano Collection AT, terrible name, by the way. Yeah. Uh, hits, I have it written down, I have to get this in because I find it funny. He hits what I call the chastity belt. Uh, okay. He ties them up in a ball and yes. then locks it. The <coughs> ball lock, okay. otherwise known as the chastity belt. Okay. Thank Folks! There it is, I'll guys. I'll be here all week. Uh, the AT lock I have written down was dumb and then sure. I realized he was just doing a bad triangle choke the, the one, actual AT lock yeah the AT lock comes later yeah Jim Fannin and Ben Jordan called the wrong thing yep it's this weird like straight arm bar with both arms yeah but it looks like a triangle setup yeah and it fucking sucked yeah it was bad it was not good no I did not care for it uh, I do. I did have to laugh at Chris Hero after he does the injury fake out because he does some weird like jumping on one leg and just uh-huh. goes, "Fooled you!" And it's such a good reference to Spaceballs because it's just, "Oh, you're so dumb." <laughs> good will al- or evil will we'll always, always triumph because good is dumb, <laughs> which is the most wrestling thing of all time. Yeah. Good job, Mel Brooks. You've summed it up perfectly. Uh, like I think that some of the stuff Hero does in this is good. Yes. I, I would say most of the stuff Hero does in this is good. Sure. However, it's just not in the right spot. Sure. It, it This this match suffers from where it sits. Because yep. everybody's like, we gotta fucking go. Yep. And Chris Hero is gonna take all the time in the world to get his shut over. Chris Hero is a wrestling nerds wrestler. Yeah. The references. 100%. Yep. The, the deep pulls. 
the the influences. Yeah. A casual fan is not going to be like, I understand Chris Hero's work because he's really pulling from weird British wrestling. Like, no. Yeah. But there's guys that are like, play golf clap. This is amazing. And I'm like, we got, guys, I got to go watch Jimmy Jacobs to. fight in 20 minutes. Like, yeah. we got to bounce. Yeah. Yeah. This, it's fine. It's at the end of the show. Who yeah. cares? Who could care? And and I feel bad because at some point there's fighting spirit spots. How do we feel about fighting spirit spots? Um, I like them when done properly. They don't do it properly in this match because no. the finish to this is fucking dumb. I don't remember. I know there's um, a it's literally. It is legitimately trade hero. Sure. Bops him. Okay. Milano Collection AT comes back, fighting spirit, yells in his face. Uh-huh. Hero literally just grabs him, power bombs him, puts him in the crab, taps out. Puts him in the crab with the knee in the back. Yep. Then puts him in the crab and sits down with it. Yep. That's right. My favorite part of the match is one, two, three, bell rings, half of the crowd gets up and leaves. Immediately. Because we have shit to do. Yep. Who could care? I gotta get from Midlothian to Chicago Ridge. Yeah. We gotta go. Yeah. Like... What the fuck was that finish? Yeah. Just, I hate, I absolutely loathe the thing of grab a dude, hit a move. Correct. Set it up. Chris, you just hit a boot on him. Hit a fucking another one and then stuff him. Sure. Like, something. I, I want to like Chris Hero more. I just, it, it's not my, it's not my, yeah. my preferred taste in wrestling. Yeah. And I love Chris Hero's stuff. Sure. Big Chris Hero guy. But this was just like him still figuring it out maybe. I have I have no position to judge Chris Hero because sure. again I'm a newbie wrestler. Sure. But it just didn't feel right. No, and like you said, this the 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 position on the card should have been flipped. Yep. Like bring him down and then build him up again. Yeah. You can't you can't come back from Necro Loki. No, because it's just It's all so, fuckery. Yeah, so viscerally awful to one another. Yeah. I don't know. So, so overall thoughts on this show. Overall, there is fun stuff on this show. Yeah. I don't consider it a particularly well rounded show, but there's definitely no. stuff I would seek out. Check yeah. out Delirious and El Generico, if you want some good haha spots, check out the Nine Man because if you want just fun flippy shit and yeah. to just watch physics forget how to work. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, physics remember exactly physics how to work. Mark Brown forgets how momentum works. Yeah. Um, I would say a solid six out of ten. Yeah. There's better IWA shows out there. We've yep. covered some of them, and yep. we will cover some of them in the coming future yep keep um, it keep an eye out for the 04 tpi both nights uh we're at 214.25 right now that one's gonna go a solid six hours so yeah. strap in get yourself some snacks yeah get yourself some comfy pants and an adult beverage yeah um because we're going in on that one because talk about some shit oh like, hell yeah there is some good stuff there uh even the 2005 tpi we need to get into some of that i and watching this show made me realize i need to seek out the 05 tpi it's very good yeah it's it's very good but yeah definitely if you want a good couple hours on iwtv it is available go check it out yeah and for an ian show it's 337 
That's not bad. So not terrible for an Ian show. Yeah, I've definitely sat through longer. Yeah. So I I would echo a lot of the same. Um, I definitely think seek out the nine man if for nothing else than to see a car crash. Yep. Uh, I would also say uh, Abercrombie and Ruckus. Yeah. Is uh, it's pretty good. Definitely Generico Delirious. Mm-hmm. I'm also a bit kinder to the Kevin Steen Ian Rotten match, especially like for you Ian Rotten heads out there. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, there's like four of you. Yeah, yeah. if that. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed this match. But I would also say you know six out of ten, seven out of ten. Uh, like good, fine, sure. Necro low key like. I guess you have to watch Necrolokey. For none of the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's like watching Batman and Robin. Yes. Precisely. Like, you know it's not good, but you're going to watch it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have a spare half hour. You're going to watch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the show overall. I've I've definitely revisited it in the past, and I'll probably revisit it in the future. Yeah. It's one of the most notorious Mid-South shows. Yeah. Like, for nothing else than it having some high-caliber matches mm-hmm. during Mania Weekend and still drawing 400 people. Yep. Like, it's good shit. It is good shit. So, we'll leave you with that, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. Uh, uh, join us next week when we cover who knows what. I think we're getting into... Um, oh, God, it's definitely when Can- Candido came back. Because I want to yeah. talk about his run when he came back to the Fed, or not yeah. to the Fed, to Ian, Jackton yeah. Tan. Hell yeah. Dude, Candido doing the Ric Flair run. It's yeah. so good. It's yeah. so good. So we'll deep dive into that next week, guys. Uh, as always, you can't follow me anywhere because I'm not on any social media that I want you to find. Yeah. Connor, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Hopper2017. Um, I think it's a good handle, so I'm probably not going to change it. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, my uh, professional wrestler page is Connor Hopkins dash professional wrestler. You can find those damn coyotes on Facebook. Uh, just search those damn coyotes. Um, you can find my documentary on Vimeo by searching debut 2021. And uh, don't follow me on Instagram because that's only for my uh, close friends and family. Yes. Yeah, it's good to have privacy these days. Yes. If you see me at a merch table, say hi. Buy some yeah, stuff. Yeah, buy some stuff. I'll be man. there. Um, support the promotions that book me. Uh, yes. Odds are Meg will be at one or two of them. Probably. If she feels like it. Maybe. You know, we'll it's see. her prerogative. Right. Um, also, hop on our Patreon for more behind-the-scenes exclusives. Yes, We're gonna follow get the into, Patreon. Get into some fun merch stuff. Get into some more... Weird deep dives on some yeah. more niche Ian Rotten type of things. Yeah, I would love to dive into uh, later 2000s Mid-South. Just for the Patreon. Just Patreon yeah. exclusive. Let's go into the roller rink days. Ooh. Dark days ahead of us. Ooh. However, it'll be a good time. Um, okay. And as always, I've been Connor Hopkins. I've been Meg Gay Office. And we are out. Goodbye. Oh, it's it, oh, it's a stop button. Yeah. Oh, okay. Stop. Ian.